Yo, 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 what is going on? What it do? What the business is? Word on the street. We back up in this bit too early for sponsors. Welcome back to Off the Sticks, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Killer, also known as the Tall Ball Guy. I got to call my boys with me. Y'all go ahead and say your things. It's me, Corey, also known as the Short Ball Guy. Huh? Mike, also known as Crazy 8, also known as Not Bald at All. Yeah, some of us um, led more stress-free existences after undergrad, so they kept their hair. <laughs> hey, look, mine, I'm pretty sure mine is more stressful now, though. Yeah, I mean, that kind of comes to territory of growing up and shit, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. And uh, this week, this past week, and I say it was a fuster cluck. A hundred percent. I think that's a permissible word, considering yeah. sponsors. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. Fuster Cluck. I heard my girl use it once, and I was like, oh, I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm using that. Hey, I'm going to find we, a situation where I can use it. Hey, Corey, we can use that word, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, bet. I'm about, to, I'm about to abuse that thing then. All right, but speaking of abuse, NFL Week 5, ladies and gentlemen, where domestic, where domestic battery and teams getting blown out was in abundance. My Pittsburgh Steelers, ladies and gentlemen, we are probably the most hurt defense in the NFL. I would take several starting college football teams' defenses over what we can field on Sundays. I will take the Florida State or NC State defense before I take the Steelers' defense right now. Because of injury. Mm. I'm, I'm being 100% honest. Because we have no starting DB outside of Minka. We have no starting off on defensive linemen except for Hayward. We have our linebacking core is kind of healthy. And I only say kind of. I want him bad. He plays so good on Sunday. He plays so good on Sunday. He's decent. And I... And I'm going to get to that, too. I'm going to get to that because I told you that defense was hell on wheels. I'm going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. There are teams whose records do not reflect how good or how bad they are. Mm -hmm. The number one team whose record does not reflect it, to me, is the Raiders. It does not reflect they are not a one and four football team. They are not. I think all of their losses, every single last one of them was less than six points, six points or less. And And almost always came down to like the last drive or something, too. Exactly. So you're talking about a team where it's. Where it sits differently, like on a week to week basis. And a part of that I look at is, okay, where were the mistakes? Was it defensively? Was it offensively? Was it a drive in the second quarter, which you may not look at as important, but now it turns out it really was. So it, it's little stuff like that that really gets the Raiders. Uh, can we talk about the Raiders real quick? Can we stay on the Raiders real quick? Um, oh, yeah. About, oh, yeah. Because I, I was super high. I was super high on the Raiders. Like, I mm-hmm. was super high. As, as, as a matter of fact, 
As a matter of fact, <clears throat> I believe I picked the Raiders to win this division. You're not the only one. Um, and I, and then I said that KC. I think I said like KC would be second. Then I said the Chargers would be third. But like all three of them, at the very least, would make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders. I'm a Derek Carr. Is irritating. Um, to say the least, Derek Carr is irritating. Um, I don't know if y'all have noticed this or not, but Derek Carr, since he has came into the league, have you noticed that like he'll have one good year, then follow it up with one bad year, then follow it up with one good year, then follow it up with one bad year? For example, two years ago, two years ago, um, was that John Gruden's first year back? Two years ago? Uh yes. Two okay. years ago. Yeah, two yeah. years ago was John was John Gruden. Yeah, two years ago was John Gruden's first year back. Okay. So John John Gruden, his first year, David Carr was very mediocre. Then then last year happens. And, you know, for half of the season, John Gruden is coached and the whole scandal happened with the emails and everything. He gets fired or whatever. That whole season, Derek Carr fights through that whole adversity with uh, that, that the team is having. And he looks like in like a top 10 quarterback is playing playing all year like a top 10 quarterback. And now here we go again. And if you remember before John Gruden got there. Who who was the coach before John Gruden? Who was the the, the was it Tom Cable? Was that the was that the 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 coach right before? I believe so. It's gotta um, be, it had to be somebody else though. I think it was. Um, yeah, I, I feel like Tom. Cable was it Hugh Jackson? Was it Hugh was Jackson? Let's look it up real quick. Um, but my point is the rate the the oh, not the Raiders Derek Carr. Is too inconsistent on a year on a year to year basis. The weird thing is with Derek Carr is he is consistent during the year. So last year he was consistently good. This year he is consistently bad. The year before last he was consistently bad. The year before that one he was consistently good. Like like you you get what I'm saying? Like he's so off and on by mm-hmm. year. He's so yeah. often all by year, and, and and it's it's getting to a point where like, where do we hold him accountable? And the reason why that's important, the reason why I'm asking y'all that question is because y'all know, y'all y'all know who my favorite team is. Y'all mm-hmm. know y'all know we get all of the we get all of the, the hype and we get all of the we get all of the blame. Um, if this the, the reason why I'm bringing this name up is because Derek Carr, to me, is playing like this guy. Derek Carr is playing like Tony Romo. And I know when Tony Romo was playing, Tony Romo took a lot of heat. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I, as a matter of fact, I'd probably be willing to say that Tony Romo was more consistent than Derek Carr. Oh, but yeah, Derek by Carr, and but, but Derek Carr does not take criticism. Like, this whole time, like, this whole time, Oakland... Or I say I keep saying Oakland. 
the, this whole time, the Raiders have been bad through these first five weeks. Even the game that they won, it they beat they beat um who was it uh Denver they beat Denver. Denver looks horrible. So whatever, whatever. But through these first five games, Derek Carr has looked bad. It's looked bad. And I know I know they got injuries. I know Darren Waller is out uh and all of that. Like he he's been in and out of the lineup, whatever. But like they look bad. So that's one reason why I want to ask y'all when does when is when does Derek Carr, when is it right for him to start take, for, to start criticizing him? That's one reason why I want to ask y'all that. The second reason I want to ask y'all that is because if you remember before this season started, they asked Devontae Adams about coming to Vegas as opposed to Green Bay. And Derek Carr and um Devontae Adams made a statement saying that he was going from one Hall of Famer to another in Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. And that and he looks like a fool for saying that. So like, do y'all get the same vibe from Derek Carr that I'm getting? And I like Derek Carr. That's the problem. You know, the thing is for me, and by the way, Jack Del Rio was the head coach. Jack before, Del uh, Rio. Yeah. That's who Jack Del Rio. Yep. I, I feel like Derek Carr is one of those quarterbacks that a lot of people for years have wanted to put in the same conversation as like elite quarterbacks, maybe not quite like Mahomes or Josh Allen, like not, not quite those guys, but like that, right. Like, like MVP Matt Ryan level. I feel like people saw Derek Carr at that level of potential. And Mm -hmm. I don't know where it comes from. I, I, you know what I think? Okay. So when you watch him, like like I think I think your your um, example um, was spot on. Like we talk about Romo. Like if you just watched Romo, just from a talent perspective, he was a heck of a quarterback talent. Like Romo could make a a bunch of nice throws. He could move in and out of the pocket. Like he was a he was he was a heck of a talent at the quarterback position. And I think you could say similar for Derek Carr. Like you watch him throw, you watch him move. Like he's a heck of a talent. But it's one of those things where. There is something missing with him that, you know, people have always wanted to, like, push him, like, give him that extra nudge to put him in that near elite category that he's just not capable of being in. Because, like like I said, you see the talent. You see the arm talent. You see you see the no, no, his accuracy. Like, oh, yeah, he should be one of those guys. But... I don't know what it is. Like I can't put my finger on it, but there's is there's something about him that you can't in good conscience say like he's one of the best top tier quarterbacks. There's, there's something that's that's holding him back. And I think I think people I think and, and well here's the thing. I think it's easy to fall in love with the quarterback who's got a great arm and has got great action with the ball. I think that's it. That you you can you can make all type of excuses. You can give all the reasons why that quarterback is not successful or that team is not winning the way they should be. Because like people fall in love with the arm talent. And I think you're right. After a while, when do we say, you know, Derek Carr is a very good quarterback, but is he really that guy? Is he capable of taking a team, uh, taking a team all the way? You know, like so far it's proven not to be the case. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know why he doesn't, I, I don't know why he doesn't receive 
the criticism that maybe he should. You know, I th- I think he should, but but like like I said, I think when people see that 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 talent and and you know they 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 wanna they wanna project somebody to be something that they're not. That's what I think. So so, killer. Before you go, I just want to mm-hmm. say like last year. Last year was, and this 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 honestly this is surprising to me. Um. Because I didn't, I didn't really realize it, but last year was only Derek Carr's second winning season of his whole career. He's been in the league. This is his ninth year. He's only had two winning seasons. He's only had two. He and he's he's been he went to the Pro Bowl. The last time he went to the Pro Bowl was five years ago in 2017, right? But he's been to three of them: one in 15, one in 16, one in 17. He ain't been to the Pro Bowl since. So like, I don't know. Am am I tripping? Like, am I am am I tripping about Derek Carr? Like, I I like I personally feel like skill level wise, Derek Carr is better than what his stats say. However, he it, it's all it's almost like it's almost like he he just. From a quarterback performance standpoint, I'm not talking about the team. I'm not talk, talking about the team record necessarily, but from a quarterback performance standpoint, it's like he only performs every other year. You got a good. You got some really good points there, and it kind of forces me to look at his career, like overall his career, and I'm looking back his first year. 21 and 12. I'm just going to touch down to interceptions. Following year, 32 and 13. You just knew it was going to take off, right? 28 and 6. Okay, he took care of the ball the following year. Didn't score as much, but took care of the ball. The next two seasons. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. 2016 was the Mm -hmm. year that everybody was talking about him being the MVP. Mm -hmm. if If you remember... Derek, Derek Carr, he he got MVP votes. I think he was like mm-hmm. in, in third place. He finished in third place in the MVP yeah. voting. Yeah, he he almost threw for four thousand yards and both that year and the year before. Yeah, and like I said, that's before the league expanded. You know, the game, the season by game, and stuff like that. But then the following year, worst year of his career: twenty-two touchdowns, thirteen picks, less than thirty-five hundred yards. First time that's happened since his rookie year. Like, that's a lot. The dr- that's a drop off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the very following year. But he went to the Pro Bowl that year. Which is it? That he went to the Pro Bowl that year. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. 2017. Yep. And then 2018, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks, 4,000 yards. Following year, 21 and 8, 4,000 yards. 279, 4,000 yards. Last year, the man almost threw for 5,000 yards. So yep. it's like the arm talent is there. You see it. And I think the reason why he doesn't get the same amount of scrutiny as um, as Dak does or pretty much any Dallas quarterback with their salt does is because this is a franchise that's been mired in failure without the benefit of mediocrity. And I know that sounds kind of weird to say, but when you think about it, give me the Raiders quarterback history. Uh. Where you want to start at, Rich? Kenny Stabler. We can start at. We can start at Kenny Stabler. 
shit. I I need a fucking list. I, I don't know that. Off Jamarcus the Russell. Uh, who else? Is not there? a bit. Mars um, Marquise Tuiasasopo was one of them. Um, they, had, they had Ken Stabler, Jim Plunkett, uh, Daryl LaMonica, Rich Gannon. Oh um, yeah, Rich Gannon. Yeah, Rich Rich Gannon. Who who Rich Gannon uh, took them to the AFC um, championship. He took them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he took them to the Super Bowl against uh, was it Tampa? Tampa yeah, against Tampa. Tampa, and they got blasted. Yeah, they did um, <laughs> by Brad Johnson. Um, that was about a defense, but they, yeah, like like Corey said, Jamarcus Russell. Um, I don't even know the quarterbacks. I don't even know who the quarterbacks were between Jamarcus Russell and Derek Carr. That's how irrelevant they have been. I know Marcus exactly. So, so was somewhere in there somewhere. Yeah, and that was only because he was backing up Derek. He was Carr. backing up Derek Carr. Yeah. Mm. So that has been a position in that franchise that's been mire in mediocrity. The Cowboys have had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, a fringe Hall of Fame quarterback in, T- in Tony Romo. And now you're rolling into a guy who's gonna probably wind up having a Hall of Famous career in Dak Prescott. Uh, so the position itself, yeah. So the position itself holds more weight in Dallas. And then on top of that, having the benefit of mediocrity as well. Oakland See, has not, either been really good or they've been god awful. There's never been a middle standard with them. But see, it's not. It's not just. It's not. See, Romo took a lot of heat. Romo took a lot of heat, obviously, because he's a cowboy. He was a Cowboys quarterback. Um, threw picks at the wrong time, right? <clears throat> so I, so I get him taking a lot of heat. Corey, you know, I give Romo heat to this day. I will not let him. I will not let him live it down. Um, mm-hmm. But with see with Derek Carr, I think you know what I think my problem. Derek Carr is the man has the man has like I'm gonna just I'm gonna just use two two quarterbacks to, to and see if y'all get my point. The man has Justin Herbert talent. However, he plays a lot of the time he plays like Baker Mayfield. Like like it's mm. like dude, it's like dude you should be better than this. Like last season, last season, 10 and 7 through 23 touchdowns, 14 picks, you know what I'm saying? But completed almost 70% of his passes, you know what I'm saying? Led, led the Raiders to a 10 and 7 record, you know what I'm saying? This is without Devontae. This is without Devontae. So he mm-hmm. that one year look, looking, looking like, all right, the Raiders about to, you know what I'm saying, that whole Al Davis just win, baby, this is what he envisioned, right? They look like they about to be on the come up. Then they get then they get the best wide receiver in all of football. And, and they still got Waller. And they still got Josh Jacobs. And we talking about one and four? Come on, yo. Come on, yo. It's like, it's like, it's like literally Baker Mayfield, how Baker Mayfield was in Cleveland. Good one year, suck the next year. Good the next year, suck the next year. It's like off and on, off and on, off and on. And and and, I'm, and Derek Carr to me, he's just more talented than that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I see that. Now, I yeah, see that. That's my irritation with him. 
Yeah, because I'll be honest with you. Him and Dak came in two years Dak, apart, I think. Two years apart, two years apart. And Dak has made the playoffs four times? I think three. I think three times in one playoff win. 16, 18, last year. So at least three. I think it was 19 also. Okay, so three. I think, I think it was three. Okay. All right. This man's only played in one playoff game. And that was last year. That's but, crazy. But see, but see, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Like, that sounds wild, but we've seen it before with um, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. The, the difference is, the difference is, you Matt Stafford, even though the Lions, even though the Lions had bad records with Stafford, you never, ever questioned whether Matt Stafford was good. Mm-hmm. Derek Derek Carr, he he leaves like like he leaves doubt in your mind about whether or not you know what I'm saying whether or not he's that guy. Matt Stafford, you knew he was the guy. He just needed other pieces around him. You know what I'm saying? He had one piece his whole career up until uh up until he got to LA and that was Calvin Johnson. But that was That's the only true. piece he, that was the only piece he ever had. You know what I'm saying? With Derek with Derek Carr, like it's it's consistent hot cold, hot cold, hot cold. You know what I'm saying? So it, it leaves it leaves some doubt in your head, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that does leave a lot of doubt. But here's something that I believe is going to leave a lot of doubt as well is whether or not the wide receiver position for the Raiders is freaking cursed at this point. Um, Devontae Adams pushing the cameraman. Oh, that boy got some explaining to do. He do, and a part of me is like, don't be a bitch at the same time. Because if I'm visibly frustrated, right, which, of course, you would be after your fourth loss of the season and five attempts on the field. You don't really know what the main issue is, but you know you have a lot of them to fix. And then someone sticks a camera in your face. I'm like, bro, move. So that I get. That I completely get. Now, should he have done it? Nah. I probably would have just, you know, jumped out to the side or something, missed the camera or found some way to like just move the camera away from me without, you know, putting hands on the man because you have to always be cognizant of one thing when you are a person with that level of disposable income, people are going to want what you got and they're going to try to take it from you by any means necessary if they can. And I believe that's what we ran into here with this Devontae Adams thing. I just believe that's that's what it is. That's kind of where it sits. That that's that's to me though. That's to me. What y'all got on that? Corey, what you what you think about Devontae, man, and, and pushing the cameraman and all that shit? I think this was a combination of wrong place, wrong time, and like it was definitely a heat of the moment type of thing. And because just just because it's a bad look overall, like he's probably going to get suspended a game. I bet he probably gets suspended a game. But it's like in those moments, like that's one of those moments where it's like 
it's a very like you almost don't have time to think, especially like when you're just so you're so angry, you're so frustrated, and it's like you know that that's a tough situation. But like, you no, know, he 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 apologized. He was remorseful, whatnot. But like overall, it's like it's a it's a bad look. Like you shouldn't like you shouldn't do things like that. You say you say the cameraman shouldn't have like kind of like jump jumped in his 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 way or whatever. But it's um. I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just saying that, like, that was just like a wrong place, wrong time. Just a, it's a bad look. But I think after a while, you know, cooler heads prevail and everything will be fine. But like, just from the perception of everything, I wouldn't be surprised if he got suspended a game. Uh, I maybe I'm a little harsh, and and I and I love Devonte Adams. I just want to put that out there. And I'm probably I'm probably too harsh, which is probably. Why the NFL should be grateful that I'm not the guy calling the shots, but if it was me, I'm suspending Devontae two games minimum because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, you are bigger, you are stronger than he is, and the man is just doing his or the boy. He was really a boy. I mean, he like dude was just doing his job, like. His job, whether you are frustrated or not as an NFL player, as an NFL player, you're going to win or you're going to lose or you're going to tie. It's only three results that can happen when you choose to play in a game. You got a job to do. Go out and run routes. I don't care how frustrated you get if you drop in passes or if the game don't go your way or whatever. You don't treat you like, like you don't you you don't assault somebody because i because you frustrated you don't like like you don't assault nobody they they are doing they are doing their job that is what they are there for they are they are getting paid by the people who operate the stadium he this man is a stadium worker you can't be going around assaulting people like that and even if even if dude you know decide he ain't gonna he ain't gonna press charges or whatever and he did file a police report, but if even if dude decide he ain't gonna press charges or whatever, like yo, be respectful. Like frustration get the best of everybody. I'm not sitting here saying I'm not sitting here saying like you can't be frustrated, but like yo, he didn't cause you to lose the game. If you are gonna be frustrated. Bottle that shit in. Wait, wait till next week. If you if you that frustrated, you should have been you should have been working. You should have been working your routes out there on the field. You should if you that frustrated, go at the coach. He the one who called the plays. He the one who called your routes. Go with them. You got a whole game where you can get this frustration out. If you want to take a 15-yard penalty because you're frustrated by, by leveling the corner, go ahead. But you can't you can't sit there and assault somebody. This is an innocent bystander. This is just a dude trying to trying to earn his paycheck. That's all he's trying to do. And 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 see the angle that I saw, the camera hadn't even been in Devontae's face yet. Dude was just come, was just walking across, and Devontae was walking up the tunnel. So it was it was to me it looked like they intersected, and he wanted dude to get the fuck up out of his way. So he pushed them. That's how it looked to me. 
You can't do that shit. Like even in sports, there there is a there is a there is a level of professionalism that you have to have, which is why later on in the show, I'ma dig into that motherfucker Eddie Robinson Jr. I'ma dig into his ass later, but mm-hmm. I'ma dig yeah I'ma dig into his shit later, but it's the same shit with Devonte, my dude. You gotta be professional. This is your motherfucking job. At the end of the day, whether you win or loss, you still got a check. And that check was way bigger than that worker's. He don't deserve to be pushed by you. He ain't do shit to you. So if it was me, I would suspend that motherfucker two games at minimum. Two games at minimum. If it was me, the Raiders would be going one and six. And it ain't, ain't shit they could do about it. Because, like, yo, it's unnecessary. Again, that's mm-hmm. assault. If the dude decide to press charges, it's on camera. My dude, you can you you ain't gonna go to jail for that, but you could literally get arrested for that. You could mm-hmm. literally get arrested. So 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 yeah, that that's that's my take on it. That's my take on it. Be better. Be better. I'm holding motherfuckers accountable. Be better. Bet. So I guess we all do agree. Suspension. Uh, some kind of looks like the. The consensus is looking like a game to two. Um, I'm kind of leaning more toward the two gamer here as well, simply because of the points that you made. There comes a point where you have to show more decorum than you do. That much is expected of you. You yeah, know, ain't, like ain't nobody, ain't nobody yeah. saying, ain't nobody saying, go out on the, go, like leave the field, like Jay Cutler. I ain't say act like you don't care, but my dude, if you're gonna be frustrated and you want to push some people, hey, push one of your teammates, push it, go, go at your offensive coordinator, do that shit in the locker room where it's behind closed doors and that shit stay in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a way to go about shit. Now you talking about someone who I wish I could push. I wish I could push Brett Farbass into traffic. Oh my god. Um. You don't want to talk about a serious lack of awareness. You got to be the biggest piece of shit I have ever seen in my life. And for those of y'all who don't know, I am 6'3", 244.44 pounds. Yeah, I lost my weight, y'all. And I've seen some big shit in my days. None bigger than that turd walking over there. I promise you this. To deny any wrongdoing. In something that is clearly a federal offense. The misappropriation of federal funds. You gotta be like, I'm I'm gonna go into every single retro football game I have at this point. I'ma turn this motherfucker's awareness rating to like whatever the lowest point is. I know on 2K you can have it at a zero, which means that you're out there like what was the um the the mute chick um who she couldn't hear um she could hear but she couldn't like talk she was mute I don't know I don't know what you're talking about I'm trying to remember but basically you got to be like completely unaware on those levels this dude ah. I'm trying to gather words for this piece of shit. I really don't have anything other than to say he is a piece of shit. Man, fuck Brett Favre. Straight up. <laughs> like, like, 
fuck Brett Favre. Like my dude, I ain't trying to hear you deny all wrongdoings. Are you talking about you talking about you got smeared by the media? Are you fucking stupid? You are a part of a seventy-seven million dollar welfare scandal. Let me let me, this. We're not talking about a million. We're not talking about two million. We're not talking about five hundred thousand. We are talking about seventy-seven million dollars that you have scammed from from the welfare from the from the welfare system to somehow fund some school or some shit so your daughter or whoever the fuck can go play volleyball or some other stupid shit and you and you got money from Wrangler, Sirius XM, a uh, Copper Fit and whatever other country ass shit you do like not to mention the money that you made while you was playing for the Green Bay Packers. Like, the fact of the matter is, Brett Favre need to go to jail. He need to do time. If you get five years in jail for tax fraud, he need to go to jail for five years for stealing from the government. That needs to be the bare minimum. Five years. The man, I don't want to hear about no, I, I, I'm denying all wrongdoings. Fuck your denials. $77 million? I'm telling you right now, you can deny whatever the fuck you want. You did something. Ain't no way your name is attached to a $77 million scandal and you did nothing. There's no way that happened. That's that's what I got on it. To me, it all simply comes down to this. There are text message receipts that Brett Favre had sent to, I forgot the attorney's name, but basically Brett Favre asked him, is the, if you give me the money, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? That's all it really needs to be said. That tells you, that tells you, that tells you in a nutshell, Brett Favre knew what was going on. So that's all I have to say about that. Corey just dropped the mic. So I guess next topic, <laughs> hey, I got nothing else to say. Oh, trust me, you do got something else to say. Cause you dropped a little nugget on his ass before we got started on that oh, topic. Oh, 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 we going to Eddie Robinson? Oh yeah, let's oh, get. I've been waiting. Oh yeah. on this. Oh, you damn, you damn skipper. I've been waiting on this for three days. Yeah, I've been waiting on it my damn self. Because Coach Prime is my dog. Now, Coach Robinson, you come from black college football royalty. Your dad is the great Eddie Robinson Sr. who basically built Grambling University. And you turn around and look at a man who's saving HBCU football because the NIL deal was designed to kill it. And he comes in shining a light to all that shit. Saying, oh, you got pride in, our, uh, in your HBCUs? Well, how come when they playing against teams and they blow, and someone's blowing someone out, everyone gets up and leaves? Nah, you're not showing support. You're front runners. He's always calling out the hypocrisy. And this is extremely hypocritical, if that's even a word. Hypocritical? I was about to say hypocritical. You know what? Corey, can you do me a favor? I'm going to Google it. Yeah, Google that word, but I'm going to keep going. Now, there are no resorts results for a <laughs> 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 Now, 
Hey, look, I am. I'm, I'm gonna be our little Stephen A. I'm just gonna make a word up. Eventually, it's gonna catch, and they're gonna make a. They're gonna make it's, dictionary.com gonna take that word. This what? It's, it's, it's all gonna go. It's all gonna be put in the book of killer. Don't worry about it. We're gonna try it. Damn skip. <laughs> Damn skip. And I'm gonna get someone to read it off of the book, like at, like old buddy did at the end of the book of Eli. That's what I'm gonna do. It's gonna be in the index of the kennel, the killer chronicles. That book we're gonna write yeah. one day. Go ahead. My bad. Yo, first off, that book is going to be a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> now, because the shit I can put in that book. But Eddie Robinson has, like I said, all these all these accolades. And then out of his own mouth, falls. he's not swack enough. And the first thing I thought was, who are you right now? The only reason why people outside of the black college football sphere know who you are is because of Deion Sanders. That's it. That's your only tie. And what's wild is that I actually thought Alabama State was going to win that game because they came out playing really well early. And then it just fell apart. Now, the fact that you can take that ass whooping that you took at the hands of UCLA, shake that coach's hand and rub him on the back. You damn near gave that man a foot massage. But it was because that man paid you to look at your ass whooped like that. You mad at Dion because he showed up at your homecoming, stuck his foot in your ass, turned it sideways, and punished you like it was fourth and eight. But you mad at that man. Won't shake that man's hand. Even though the only reason why your game was on fucking national TV was because Dion made it important. This man is doing more for HBCU football in the last three years than anybody has done for it in the last forty. Hey, I'm hey, uh, Corey. You can go. You can go because I I know me. I'm gonna go on a rant, and we. We probably gonna have a setback as far as sponsorship. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, bro. We we are like what almost an hour into the show, a little, a little over an hour into the show. About forty minutes. Then we should be good. We should be good. They they understand by this point. I mean, I literally <laughs> just said Brett Favre is a piece of shit. So outside of anything that you may say, and keep in mind, they had to listen to our earlier episodes as well. If they've gotten by that, I'm Look, pretty we're, sure we're good. I would just, I would just like to say, not, not necessarily Corey, but Killer and I, we are working on ourselves. But today is this, this episode is not going to be that episode. So, it's just, just you, it's you, not, you, it's you, not because the next topic give us is, is mine. The next topic is all mine. Go, go, but yeah, go ahead, Corey. My bad. Go ahead. Man. I mean, this is just. So, I'm trying to see how do I want to frame this. Eddie Robinson, I, I think he he's, I feel like he's allowing himself to be blind by what the reality of the situation is. The reality of this, and Killer, you touched on this in your in your comments. Deion Sanders is doing more for HBCUs and the SWAT conference as a whole than. 
pretty much anybody, any modern coach is doing right now. Like he is just his presence alone is elevating HBCUs. And I, f- I feel like Eddie, like you're, you're missing your, you're, you're, he's just, he's just missing the point in all of this. And I, I realize he's butthurt because of what Dion's De- comments prior leading up to the game saying, um, this game is pretty much a money game because of the 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 money and the attendance that Jackson State bring, which is, I mean, that's factual. Jack Jackson State they do bring in a lot, but it's like, how can you feel like you're being disrespected when you know good and well that especially for your homecoming you're going to invite Deion Sanders squad to to you going you you want to purposefully play against them for your homecoming, knowing the type of attention that that's going to bring to you and your program. And listen, like there's their, their team is a, is a respectable squad. Alabama state's a very respectable HBCU football team. Right. So like, it's not like you need it, but you know, good and well, why you all invited Jackson state for that game. Like that's point number one. But to say that, you know, he ain't swack. I'm swack. I've been built off swack and this and that third. My brother, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud of where you come from, shouldn't be proud of, you know, you know your schools and your coaches. Like we we all like we we all like everybody on this, you know, we HBCUs, we we from the uh, MEAC, with Salem State, we all with Salem State proud, right? But to say that Deion Sanders isn't swack. Because why? Because he's Deion Sanders and he does things the Deion way that I mean, bro, like I'm not saying you need to bow down and kiss his feet. But but what I am saying is you need to recognize just having Deion Sanders even there is uplifting, not just Jackson State, but everybody like all HBCUs are garnering good attention. Like I'm seeing more HBCUs on television today. Than I did what two years ago, three years ago. Like I can catch an HBCU uh, football game on my TV every Saturday during the season now, and that is awesome. I watch Winston Salem State on my TV now. Like, and to me, just like Eddie, like, like I said, I understand you being proud, but sometimes you can be too proud to the point where you 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 just completely miss the plot and. Um, as a football fan, I do hope uh, Dion takes Eddie Robinson up on his offer and, and have them play at Jackson State's homecoming next season. And I'm pretty sure if that happens, that's going to be on TV and that's going to be must see. And I'm be, I'm going to be watching, so I'm looking forward to it. But Eddie, my man, you gotta you gotta let your pride, you gotta take that pride out out of your voice, man. Just really look at things for what they are and understand that Dion has been a blessing to SWAC and to HBCUs as a whole, man. Like, you're completely missing the plot here. But that's what I got to say. Real quick, Mike, before you go. Real quick. Come on, killer. Speak, speaking to what Corey just said as far as being able to watch the games now on TV, I got a chance to see probably one of the best college football teams in the entire nation that is not getting a lot of love for it. North Carolina Central has been fucking balling. But I'm going to just leave it at that. Do your thing, Mike. All right. 
unleash the gauntlet. Eddie Robinson Jr. I want to make sure that I say Jr. because I'm not talking about your daddy, who I will get to in just a second. Eddie Robinson Jr. It's not a lot of people. It's not a lot of men. It's not a lot of black men that I call the B word on this podcast. I have only done it to one person. That person is Kevin Durant. Huh. Eddie Robinson Jr., I want you to know you are a bitch. A whole bitch. Not a half of one, not three quarters of one, a whole one. And the th- and the type of bitch that you are is a hating ass bitch. I want to be clear in where I stand as far as you are concerned. Nobody cares. No, I no before this game. Nobody even really knew that you played in the NFL. They had to they had to look you up on Google and try to find your Wikipedia page that don't have a picture. Okay. You made comments saying Deion Sanders ain't swack. I don't know if you said that because he went to Florida State. I don't know if you said that because he is prime time. I don't know if you said that because he is the greatest football player to ever lace up a pair of cleats. I don't care what anybody says. I don't know if those are the reasons why you said he ain't swack, but I will tell you what is swack because clearly you don't know. Swack is that conference that you, that, that Alabama State, your boys play in. Who's the reigning champion of that conference? That would happen. That would happen to be Jackson State. Who coached the reigning defending SWAT champions? That would happen to be Coach Prime. Who won the SWAC Coach of the Year last year? That would happen to be Coach Prime. Who won the award named after Yo Daddy last year? That would happen to be Coach Prime. So I'm going to reiterate the question that he asked you. If he ain't swack, who is? Don't nobody care about the fact that you went to Alabama State? and you played in the SWAC conference, and you are in the SWAC Hall of Fame, congratulations to you. Don't nobody care about that shit. Corey was more graceful in calling your team. Uh, uh, what, what did he, what, Corey, what did you say? You said Alabama State, they're, they're nothing to sneeze at. You, how, how did you yeah. describe them? They're a respectable about- team. Yeah, they're a respectable HBCU football team. Like, nothing to, you know, they deserve that. Like, their team deserves, like, respect. You know what I mean? I will and I, and I'll and I'll follow that up with this. The team deserved the respect that they put on the football field. And right now your team is three and three. You got a mediocre ass team. I'm not about to be graceful like Corey was. Fuck that. Fuck that. I'm not about to be graceful like Corey was. Now, but see, now I now I want to dive into why you are actually mad. I already already pulled the card on on the credentials that that Deion Sanders has has uh, has gotten in just one year. 
none of those are accomplishments that you know Eddie Robinson Jr. has a, has a, has been able to get at this point, right? So I'm not. So we I didn't already done already talked about the accomplishments. I want to talk about why he is mad. He said he felt disrespected. He talked about Deion Sanders taking the long way to get to his side of the field. Did you did you realize that Deion Sanders does that every game? And it's did you did you know that that's his team? Did you know that that was his routine when he was a player? His routine was to walk around the field until he got to his side. Did you know that? No, you didn't know that, right? Because you're a little insecure. That's what that's what the shit boils down to. You're a little insecure. You got Coach Prime opposite of you. Everybody wanted to be. Everybody wanted to be Deion Sanders when they when they play cornerback, especially cornerback. But when they get on the football field, everybody trying to high step. Everybody trying to dance in the end zone. You know what I'm saying? Deion set the way for that. Like like you, like yeah, oh, yeah. I'm gonna just leave. I'm gonna just leave it at that. Another thing that you said is that you hope Coach Prime don't get a Power 5 job so that y'all can play them at Jackson. I'm going to tell you right now, I hope Coach Prime, I hope Coach Prime gets Power 5 conference offers, but I hope he declines them and stays at Jackson for your ass because there's no way in hell you are going to have better players or better recruits or a better recruiting class than Deion Sanders. Are you out of your fucking mind? Nobody cares who you are when you are when you got Deion Sanders opposite of you. Nobody gives a fuck about you. We don't know who you are. I know who your daddy is before I know you. Think about that. You want to talk about who ain't swack? Your daddy is swack. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Your daddy is swack. That is a fact. My dude, you just got there. And don't nobody care. You just got back to your home conference that you in the Hall of Fame for, and you still can't pull the recruits that Deion Sanders is pulling. Are you see, And you talking about you want to go face them for Jackson State homecoming? Jackson State going to eat y'all alive. They're going to eat y'all alive. I hope it happened. I hope it happened. They're going to eat y'all alive. And you should be grateful because Deion Sanders is the reason why your, your school, your alma mater, why that stadium tickets were sold out. They got all that money. They got all them sales. Not, and it was not because of you. But you got the audacity to not want to embrace Deion Sanders. You better be. You, Corey said you ain't got to kiss his feet. I'm saying you do. You better you better recognize the God that is Deion Sanders. Kiss his feet, hug him, and whisper in his ear, thank you. That man just did you and your alma mater a favor. Now everybody got to talk about you. And now everybody going to be watching what you do for the rest of the college football season. So you better not fuck up. I'm going to get off your case. Cause we got other shit to talk about, but killer. Yeah, I had to let that all out. Cause, cause, cause this nigga Eddie Robinson Jr. don't know what the fuck he's talking about. He literally is lost. He, he's, 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 he's just, a, he's just a hating ass nigga. I, I don't, I, 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 yeah, he's just hating ass nigga.
yeah, like that part really, I said it, it really had me like, huh? Like just to kind of hear it holistically, like you seriously think that highly of yourself? But honestly, I can't remember the last time Alabama State won the swag. I want to say it was 2018. Hey, look. Hey, look, Corey, uh, Corey, unmute yourself real quick. I got a question for both of y'all. Um, without looking, without looking, mm-hmm. like don't don't research or nothing. What years, what, how many seasons did Eddie Robinson Jr. play in the NFL? Do y'all know? Without looking, without researching. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to go on a limb and say three because that's the length of an NFL contract typically. Okay. Okay. So, 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 but, but it'd be safe to say, Killer, that you don't know. Like, you just got to take a guess. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 100% guessing. Does, does any, does any one of y'all know when Eddie Robinson Jr. got drafted? Hell. Huh? Nah. Nah. No. What about the year? Do y'all know the year? Do y'all know I'm, the round? Do y'all know the round? I'm going to go with six just because. I have no clue. Okay. No clue. Do y'all know where he from? I'm going to go on a limb and say, well, Gremlin's in Alabama, right? So I'm going to go on a limb and say Alabama? Uh, that's, that's, that's the safest thing I would say to Alabama. Okay. Do y'all know the team that drafted him? No. Cardinals? Let me let me inform y'all of something. Y'all have proved my point. Y'all got every question wrong. Don't nobody know who this motherfucker is, but he talking about Deion Sanders ain't swag. This dude got drafted in 1992 by the Houston Oilers and ironically played 11 years in the NFL, but nobody knows. Well, shit. And, and he's from New Orleans. Fucking Louisiana. Mm. New Orleans. The only thing that people know about this man is what school he went to. And the only reason why people know what school he went to is because of the football game that happened on Saturday. I'm looking at Alabama State right he, now. Did, did you, wait, 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 Corey. Yeah. Before Saturday, did you know who the coach of Alabama State was off the top of your head without researching? Could you tell me who the head coach of that team was? No. Killer, could you? Uh, I I can say yeah, only because I knew. Oh, so you so you knew, so you heard the news. Yeah, and that's only because I I liked Alcorn State growing up. Okay, okay. Hey, look, you heard the news. You heard the news. Two out of three of us couldn't have told you shit about Alabama State until he didn't shake Dion's hand. That's that's the crazy part about it. Like, I want y'all to understand what I'm saying. Like, this dude did not even get recognition for the football game. He got recognition for not shaking Deion Sanders' hand. That is how everybody will, will remember this man. Hey, hey, remember y'all remember Eddie Robinson Jr.? Nah, I don't remember him. Y'all know the 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 coach that wouldn't shake Deion's hand, Deion Sanders' hand. Oh, you talking about that nigga? That that that's how people gonna remember him. Damn. But he got the nerve to say Dion ain't swag. But Dion won his damn daddy award. Hey, quick question. What year did he come out of Alabama State? 1992. 
Okay, so he wasn't even on that championship team. Let me keep scrolling. No, killer. The man has no pro accolades. Nah, I'm looking at the swag. Oh, oh. He's, in the, he's in the Hall of Fame for the swag. Yeah, I get that. And said he was drafted in 1992? Yeah. So that means that in his college years, if he stayed all four, which I'm assuming he did, that would mean <clears throat> two of the four years he played, Jackson State won the swag. That would be yeah. 89 and 90. His junior year at Bama State won it, and then Alcorn State won it the year after. And I want to say that year after was Steve McNair's freshman year. Hey, look, I just and look, I just want to say this. He, he like Eddie Robinson, Eddie Robinson Jr. He knew he fucked up in his press conference after the game because if y'all notice, he started backtracking on all the shit that he was saying. He was like, everybody wanted to be Coach Prime. He got a hell of a team. He's a hell of a coach, doing a lot of great shit for the conference. Like his son Shador should be up for the Heisman. Like I love what Coach Prime is doing. He hedged everything. He hedged everything that he said because he knew he looked like a fucking fool. Mm hmm. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Fuck this guy. We we can move on. We can move on. We got a whole. We got a full slate, man. We can move on past this nigga. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the schools right now. I'm just looking at the schools. Now there are some schools who are no longer in competition in the SWAT. Okay, and these are just championships. You got Grambling clearly <clears throat> in the lead. They got 25. Then you got Southern. With 20, Jackson with 18, Alcorn State with 13, Perry View A&M with 11. You got two teams that got 10. Wiley College and Langston College no longer competing in the SWAT. In the SWAT, in the SWAT. Four for Texas College. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Clearly it's in Texas, though. They no longer compete in the SWAT. You got Texas Southern, who still does. Then you got, and they got three. Here are the teams with two and or one. Starting with the ones, Sam Houston and Bishop College. I think Sam Houston plays big D1 ball now, from mm-hmm. what I can remember. They no longer compete in the SWAT. Then you have Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Arkansas Pie Bluff, and Paul Quinn College. Anytime you have a first and last name in your school name, you probably weren't going to be around for too long. So I figured Paul Quinn was one of those kind of schools. And then... Like I said, looking at Alabama State, it's not. And on top of that, he went to a school that doesn't have great history. Now he played. Now he coaches a team that doesn't have great history. And you seriously think you're going to be able to go one on one up front with a team that not only has the third most championships in school history, probably by the time Deion leaves, should be at least second or tied for it. You got to be out of your gore, dude. Look, this all I this all I know. This is history alone. I don't want to hear from nobody from, from I don't want to hear from no coach who is the coach of a team who got six championships total dating all the way back almost 90 years ago. In 90 years, you got six championships. The university in total? Total six conference championships in 90 years. Six conference championships. Their first was 1935. Their last championship was almost was was 18 years ago. Do you understand when people were the people that were born when they won the championship are now legal? There is someone playing ball at Jackson, not Jackson, but at um 
Alabama State right now. I, there is somebody, Killer. Who's I'll just as old as that trophy. Killer, I'll do you one better. And I'm going to try to keep a straight face and not laugh. I swear I'm going to try to keep a straight face and not laugh, y'all. But I'll do you one better, Killer. When um, Alabama State won the championship in 2004, mm-hmm. it, was, it was probably a lot of parties down there at Alabama State, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably a ton of people that got some that night, right? Mm-hmm. The kids from that night, probably now, down at the 18, are playing at Jackson State. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how long it's been. But but this guy going to sit there and say, Dion ain't swack. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, your team is barely swag itself. Uh, his team is the his team is the Washington Commodores or whatever the hell they name is the Washington Commandos. Uh, Commandos. Yeah, yeah. His Commandos. Team, yeah, his <laughs> team is his team is the Washington Commandos of swag. But he got the nerve to say that that Prime ain't swag. But Prime got Coach of the Year, got a championship his first year, and won his Daddy's Award. The Washington Commandos. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just name that segment Washington <laughs> Commandos. And uh, damn. Yeah. You know what? If if there was a time to throw a flag on a play, it would have been then. Yeah. Instead of at the end of um that Atlanta Tampa Bay game. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out who looks worse on on the podcast tonight. Does Devontae Adams look worse, or does Eddie Robinson Jr. look worse? I literally can't. Son, if I gotta vote, I'm voting Eddie. I'll probably probably vote Eddie too. (laughs) I'm probably voting Eddie too. I gotta go Eddie because. I believe Devontae's can be mended over with a fucking apology and, you know, he already, a picture. He already apologized, so yeah. he apologized. So, so, yeah, he, so, get, he, he apologized. He can get suspended, you know what I'm saying, and then he'll come back, and it'll be and by the end of the year, it'll be water it'll be water under the, you know what I'm saying, it'll be it'll be swept up. Water, under, yeah. Water, yeah, water, water under, under the bridge. bridge. Yeah. yeah. This dude, this dude is a coach who is supposed to have wisdom who is supposed to speak with knowledge and is so and is so unknowledgeable that he is actually ignorant. All right. Now, all of us play sports, right? On some mm-hmm. level. On some level. Would you take the floor or the field for a coach you felt was a bitch? Would I take Would you? the floor if I, if I felt like my coach was a bitch? Yeah, if you felt like he was a bitch, and keep in mind, high school and you know youth leagues, the coaches got way more pull than the players do. So I would, so 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 I would play, but it wouldn't be for the coach. I mean, I I play because shit, I, I'm trying to get in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that note, on that note, but as far as like how you would feel about all that man, fuck you. Like, oh, yeah, fuck the, the the coach, really, yeah, 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 I would feel that way now. One thing that's always been said about me when I was playing ball and all that, hey, he's extremely coachable. You can teach him whatever you need to teach him. He'll adapt to it. Boom. I do, I, and that's that type of player. 
think I could play for this nigga. I truly don't. I know I couldn't. I couldn't because because I'm supposed to go to war. For, like I'm I'm a football guy. I'm supposed to go to war for you. I'm giving up my body for you. Yeah. And I feel like you a bitch. I I can't. God. Physically, I can't. Oh man. Like to think about it from that aspect. Like, in basketball, I think it's easier to play for a bitch than it is in football. <laughs> you cannot sit here and tell me that I gotta sit here and as a playing D end or something, and I gotta crash in and do all this extra shit. I'm not gonna do that for you, cuz, and I don't think I can take the field for him. I seriously don't. I seriously don't. I, I stand right down the sideline with that small ass jersey on, no pads. I, I know who could take the field for him. Ooh. I know who could take the field for him. Who? Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yo. Whenever you need, whenever you need a B word in the room. Kevin Durant is somewhere he's somewhere close. Yo, I got a question. If you if you if you had to sign, if you had to shine like a bat symbol or something in the sky for Kevin Durant, would it be a female dog, an unbrushed or combed head, or just one long ass foot? No, nah, it would be the word. It would say bitch. It would just, just be lit in the sky. Everybody would be oh, oh, the like the bat signal. That's the hey, that's the uh Kevin Durant symbol. That's Kevin Yo, he symbol. Gonna, he gonna be sitting there in a in a jersey with a cape on with the thunder numbers, the nets across the chest in the same color as um go in, in a golden state like base. That's exactly what his jersey gonna look like. But, that's a superhuman. That's a superhuman. Look, Perform. To be fair, and and honestly, I don't care if Kevin Durant ever hears this podcast. I mean, if, if he if he listen if he listens to it and decides that he wants to come and say something to me, he can meet me outside. I I will jump and knock his big ass out. So I so I really don't I really don't <laughs> care. I really don't care if he like ever hears this and is like, damn, that's fucked up. But I will say this. I will say this. I will give Kevin Durant some credit. Kevin Durant would never say the shit that Eddie Robinson said. He, Kevin Durant is smarter than that. He's smarter than that. Kevin Durant know his two rings was uh, was given and not earned, which is why he left Golden State. Like Kevin, th- there's some shit that Kevin Durant will never admit, but he not gonna come out of his mouth sideways. Hmm. You know because then you can call him a bitch on national TV and it'll make sense. Like Eddie Eddie Robinson Jr. has made it so that you spell his name B I T C H. Damn. And speaking of bitches. Uh oh. Where are you going with this? He's roughing the passer calls, dog. Oh my god. Okay, I thought. Now. I thought I thought you I thought you was about to be raunchy for a minute and say something out of pocket. Oh no 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 no! I was like, Come on, oh, sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. Hey, the sponsors, the sponsors, hey. the law. They left this episode. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they they left this episode. They gone. We gotta get this episode on the paywall or something. Man, go ahead, kill them. <laughs> hey, this one. Hey, we gonna need two E's on this for for extra explicit. Yeah. 
because it's about to get real, real graphic right now. All right. As a coach, as a former DN, as a former QB, I absolutely because no I'm telling you, <laughs> gotta see me throw the pill. <laughs> my my hatred for these new roughing the passer penalties, bro, are killing me. Nice. Even basic fucking sacks are now roughing. I was at my son's birthday party on Sunday. They had the Atlanta game on. Atlanta, Tampa. Atlanta's defense makes a game, damn their game clinching stock because they were moving that whole fourth quarter. Atlanta was humming. I was like, yo, oh, they made the stop. Atlanta got this. And then here comes the flag. I'm like, the fuck is the flag for? And I've said this on Saturday at my own games where I coach. I asked the refs. How physical a game am I allowed to coach? And that's a question that I promise you no other coach I've played for has ever have to ask. That's now a question on the front of my mind before my team takes the field. Are we going to get penalized for playing football? The shit that they've been doing in the NFL, and I get it. Right now, I, I Loki sort of kind of almost can get it because you're worried about concussions and but that flag ain't gonna prevent someone's brain from being scrambled it just isn't because it's not gonna stop the play from happening so unless this dude is laying down on the field with a broke neck and last time I checked that wasn't illegal by the rules either if not Shazir was still we would have got something off that but we didn't shit happens I believe they're really uh, you know what sponsors are going they're pussifying the game on that level this is no other way past it I can't pick another word I can't be nicer with that one at all simply because now a general tackle a regular like from that sack I saw regular wrap up he went down got their midsection arms wrapped around head to one side of the body Turned them, alligator roll, sat, got up, and it was hype because it was a big play. And here comes the flag for sacking the quarterback with the game being too close in the fourth quarter and it's Tom Brady. It's bullshit. 100% bullshit. I believe every single last one of the refs should either be fined or, even, or the one who threw the flag should be suspended for at least four weeks. At least. Why y'all so because, generous? I said course, at least. I, man, I, man, I want to hear what That's Corey minimum. Got That's minimum. I want to hear what Corey got to say about roughing the passer because, like, yo, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Maybe I'm too harsh. Man, I fear that this is something that won't get rectified until sometime next offseason because obviously – I don't know if this was mandated. Like, I know the refs. I'm pretty sure the refs, they have their own union, don't they? Don't the refs have their own union? I think pro- probably so. They do. They do. Okay. okay I thought so. So I'm, I'm pretty sure everything that happened, like, you know, with Tua, like, that was the catalyst of everything, and they want to – I understand player safety. I know there's been a much 
heavier emphasis on playing on uh, player safety. So I I get it. But now in these recent weeks, you are to try to make it a try to put a, a put a tamer version of what Killer said. You're you're devaluing a lot of what makes football football. When a defender now has to go into a Sunday or a Thursday or a Monday and say, okay, if I don't tackle this man perfectly, that depending on what your definition of perfect is, then we could get penalized. It could be a 15-yard penalty. It could be roughing the passer, unsportsmanlike. It could be so many things. And now when you are a defender, the game is already tailored to the offensive players anyway. Like the game is just an offensive game regardless now. But now you got a defensive player saying, okay, even if I hit this player with my shoulder, but it just looks like his helmet ricocheted off mine, that's a flag. If I get after the quarterback, even if the if even if the 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 quarterback gets the ball just a millisecond out before I get to him, that could be a flag. Like it changes the mentality of the defensive player. And like and like I thought Michael Parsons put it put it best on social media earlier, where he's like, they want us basically to play like it's the Pro Bowl now. And he's right. That's a, that's like the perfect way to look at. It. They they want them to tackle like it's the Pro Bowl, and it, it just they're they're devaluing the game by not letting defensive players do what they're supposed to do. Like obviously, if something is egregious, of course, you know you 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 know you you want to protect the players. But now it's just starting to get out of hand. And like I like and I I honestly feel like. This is probably, unfortunately, it's probably going to play out like this for the rest of the season. Like, it's probably not going to get handled until, like, the offseason. They have their um, league meetings and all that stuff. Because I know the NFL Players Association, while, like I said, while there's a heavy emphasis on player safety, there has to be a middle ground. Because you you can't take away what the defense is supposed to do. Like, they, they, the defense already has one hand time behind their back already so it's like now you have to be even more mindful of how you get after how you tackle or how you hit like the the game the 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 refs and for the sake of player protection they are also running the risk of devaluing the game of football there has to be a middle ground there has to be a conversation between the players and the refs to say, hey, there has to be a middle ground, right? And in terms of ref suspensions, I don't know. Like, I I can't say how they, you know, divvy out those things for specific refs of games. I don't know. But this right here, this is not the answer. What they did on Sunday, that is clearly not the answer. And I think there will be enough pushback, and there already has been enough pushback to where something is going to be resolved. Like I said, I think it's probably not going to be till the, the offseason, but I think something's going to be resolved because you can't play the you can't play the game, you know, in this sense and 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 still call it football. You just can't. There's got to be a middle ground here. Okay. Um so you so do you think that they should that the refs should be suspended? 
You said, do I think they should? I honestly, it's hard for me because they always teach you that it's the referee's discretion, right? Like in pretty much all sports, unless some is just like just so blatant and it's just such a, it's so obvious what it is, what it is. Like most they they all say it's to the ref's discretion. I. Man, there's so many times I've wanted referee crews of games to be suspended for less things than this, I'll be honest. But it's honestly, for me, it's hard to say. I think... Gosh, man. You know what? Possibly. Because I think that call directly directly impacted the outcome of the game. If that call had not directly impacted the outcome of the game then maybe not. But I think something like that. So only because uh, of the circumstance. Right, right. Okay. okay. Because now, like, if I'm, if I'm Atlanta, like, I got, like, a, I got a real, like, grievance that affected the outcome. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, like, it, you, like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against it. You know, I just think it's, it's hard for me to say right now. It's just hard. Okay. Um. But I'll be, I'll be, I'll be straightforward. Both, both refs should be fired. Jerome, Jerome Boger and Carl Schaefer's both should be fired. Killer, you mm-hmm. a coach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read to you the reasoning um, of, of Carl Schaefer's calling the roughing the, roughing the passer um against um what's his face um Chris Jones last night mm-hmm. so Chris Jones sacks Derek Carr um it was a fumble it was a fumble it was a legit play no helmet to helmet contact none of that this was Carl Schaefer's uh this was his reasoning for dropping the passer he said the quarterback is in is in the pocket and he and hold up wait he says the quarterback is in the pocket and he's in a passing posture he gets full protection of all the aspects of what we give the quarterback in a passing posture so when he was tackled my ruling was <coughs> was that the defender landed on him with full body weight the quarterback is protected from being tackled with full body weight my ruling was roughing the passer for that reason. Now, Killer, let me ask you, you coach football, let me ask you, how the hell do you tackle without your full body weight? Unless you clothesline this motherfucker, there's no other way. There's no way to tackle without full body weight. And when you're, t- when you're talking about tackling, Body weight falling on you is going to happen because that's what a tackle is. Mm-hmm. If your reasoning for calling roughing the passer is because Derek Carr had Chris Jones's full body weight on him, you do not need to be a referee. Mm-hmm. 
You do not need to be a referee. There is no way for Chris Jones to make a tackle without his body weight. Mm -hmm. Your body weight has to fall on the person. Even when a even when somebody is is wrapping up when they tackle, the body your body weight has to fall on someone. That's why Carl. That's why Carl Schaefer should be fired. Jerome Boger, and I hate saying that he should be fired because he a black dude, right? But mm-hmm. he should be fired too because there is no way in hell Tom Brady was unnecessarily driven into the ground. No, him, Tom Brady landed on his left shoulder. He landed on his shoulder pad. No, mm-hmm. part of his, no part of his head touched the ground. But because it's Tom Brady, mm-hmm. it must be roughing the passer. As far as I'm concerned, I'm like, if the hit look harder than it needed to be, it's not because the contact was unnecessary. It's because it's unnecessary for a 45-year-old man to be out there dropping back at, dropping back from the center position. Mm-hmm. He, he 45. He immobile. Mm-hmm. He gonna get hit. And it's gonna always look bad. And it's going to always look bad. Why? Because he's 45. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. That didn't look bad. See the problem. Mm. See the the problem with all of this rough in the passer shit. The problem is all of this is an overreaction to the shit that happened to Tua. Mm-hmm. All, all of this is an overreaction. So if you are a referee and you can't, if you are a referee and you feel like you have to overcompensate. On, on a roughing the passer call because of some shit that happened to Tua, you don't need to be a referee because you can no longer make the call objectively. You you are trying you're trying to you're trying to play it so safe that it actually becomes egregious. You're trying to play it so safe that it's actually not football. If I remember correctly, Killer, I don't know if you remember or not, but I think it was Tom Brady. I think it was Tom Brady's. I think it was Tom. What was it? Who did they play his uh, last Super Bowl? Not not Tampa, uh, the Patriots. Was it Atlanta? Was Atlanta the last one? L.A. The The Rams. yes, Yes, the Rams, the Rams. I forgot who it was in the Super Bowl. Or it, maybe it wasn't the Super Bowl. I know it was in the playoffs, though. But that year, there was a game that was down to the wire, and Tampa Bay won. And the and the reason why is because the defender they interviewed the defender, and he said, "I was scared to tackle Tom Brady too hard and get a rough in the passer call 
I don't know if y'all remember it. I forgot who the fuck said it. But this was in the playoffs that year that the Patriots won their last Super Bowl. Had they been the Chiefs. Um he he did not want he he did not like he would he rushed the quarterback. He he beat the he beat the tackle. He was right there. But he did not sack Tom Brady because he did not want to draw a penalty and they were winning the game. But the thing is, because he didn't sack Tom Brady, they scored. This is the shit that I'm this is why this is why a hey, these these refs call the game fair. These I understand these quarterbacks gotta be protected. And really this roughing the passer shit, I don't know if y'all remember or not. This shit really started when uh when Trent Green was in Miami and was running up the sideline and he slid and he got leveled on the slide. That's when all this roughing the passer shit, that's when the rules like really changed for the quarterbacks on roughing the passer. Um, when when Trent Green was with the Dolphins, running up the sideline and slid and got hit anyway, and he was out for like weeks with a concussion, like it looked nasty. Um, so I don't know if y'all remember that or not, but it's like those are unfortunate scenarios, but that's not the norm. You can't make you can't make these um, you can't overcompensate on a on a penalty on a flag you can't overcompensate on a call based on something that's not the norm if if Derek Carr had released the ball and you know somebody was just somebody just came up behind him and just hit him anyway I get you rough dangerous play <laughs> But when Tom, but when Tom Brady or Derek Carr got the ball and they in the quarterback posture and they ain't thrown that ball yet, all should be fair except helmet to helmet hits. All should be fair. Hmm. So and so the, the rule, so so the NFL need to change. The NFL really need to like reevaluate the rules or whatever. Um, in the meantime, I will fire both referees because I think they completely took uh i think that i i don't think they were very objective in um in their calls i think i think they let the pressure that the media put on the nfl and the refs i think that the pressure that the media that the media and the public put on the nfl and the refs about the tua thing i think they let i think they let that dictate their calls and that's not fair to the competitors That much is true. And when you brought up Trent Green, I had to Google this dude again. Yeah. Um, I did not know that him and Chris Winkie had to be like the oldest rookies in NFL history. So did you look at the hit though? The hit that Trent Green. Oh, I, re- I remember that. I, re- I remember the hit. I remember the hit. It was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. It 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 was it was it was, it was reminiscent of the hit that took him out when he was in St. Louis. Yeah. That that Trent Green hit was it was mean. He took two of them. He took one in St. Louis, which birthed Kurt Warner, and then that one in Miami. Yeah, but see, that one in Miami was different. That one in Miami, like it, that that one really like took him out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was done. He was 0 and 5 at that point too. Yeah, they were done. 
I think it was I think it was 1999 when like uh when that hit happened or something like that. But mm-hmm. no, Trent Green, no Trent Green in '99 was still with the Rams. Um, what year was? No, it, it was one that happened in St. Louis, and it was one that happened in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two different hits, but they both were brutal as hell. And kind of tying this into college football as well, another rule change I think that needs to go is the same thing they got going on with the whole roughing thing. Targeting is too iffy. How they have that call right now is too iffy. And too many games have changed because of it. I've seen teams lose because of it. So I think they need to chill out on that as well. I'm not saying you should just be free will hitting people in the head, but sometimes it's out of a defender's control what happens with that. And even there's issues. Like I said, I watched the NC State-Florida State game. And there were some hits where I was like, that's not targeting, that's just good football. And it starts to it starts to lose the lust of the game, loses the hit factor that Corey was talking about. It loses the reason I fell in love with the game anyway. Keep in mind, my team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's our our, our identity is hard hitting defense. That's no longer apparently welcome in the NFL. But I know someone who should still be welcome, even though he's a hard hitter, and that's our that's everyone's favorite Hall of Famer. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Oh, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, that transition was nasty. You gotta give me love on that. That transition was nasty. I'm talking oh, about wait 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 wait. Before we mm-hmm. go there, because I know where you mm-hmm. going. I want to point something out. I want I want to stay on football for like one one more one more second. One more. Um, I want to point something out. Corey, for the NFL season, I made a statement saying that. Made a statement saying that Michael Parsons is the best linebacker in the league. When we were going over the Madden ratings, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Where where Killer said, uh, where Killer, you know, said T.J. Watt. He would take T.J. Watt. Um, I want to be very clear, and I understand T.J. Watt ain't playing. I want to be very clear. Michael Parsons is the most impactful NFL player that I have ever seen in my life. I want to I want to make that very clear. I'm not talking about offense. I'm not talking about defense. I have seen a lot of football. Michael Parsons is the most imp- – there is no person I have ever seen that can wreck a game like Michael Parsons. That includes Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald cannot wreck a game the way Michael Parsons can wreck a game. I have, I have never in my life seen a player that can wreck a game like Michael Parsons. I've never seen Ray Lewis do it. I ain't never seen Ed Reed do it. I ain't never seen Brian Dawkins do it. I ain't never seen Sean Taylor or LeVar Arrington do it. I ain't never seen none of the Pittsburgh hard hitters do it. I I I have I have never seen Lawrence Taylor play. So I'm not I'm I'm not putting him in this. I ain't never seen him play. Uh um I ain't never seen DeMarcus Ware as as much as I love him. I ain't never seen him do it. There is no player 
that I have ever seen impact a game the way Michael Parsons can do it. Period. Michael Parsons is the absolute best defender in all of football currently, and it is not close. I want that to be clear. Khalil Mack ain't better. Aaron Donald ain't better. Um, uh, uh, Miles Garrett ain't better. Uh, you pick anybody else, they're not better than Michael Parsons. Killer, I want you to know that. I, re- I, I like, I, I res- you know, I got a lot of respect for your football knowledge, but I'm t- after what I have seen against the defending champs, ain't there is nobody better than Mike. Michael Parsons is the best player in all of football. I'm Tom Brady at quarterback is not better than Michael Parsons at linebacker. Pat Mahomes at quarterback is not better than Michael Parsons at linebacker. Uh, I I don't care who it is. Michael Parsons is the best player in football. I want that to be clear. I just want y'all to know that. Because, Killer, you said you would take T.J. Watt over Michael Parsons, and I'm not not even going to lie to you. I'm looking at you like you're tripping. Yeah, that was before this season happened. Um... This this man did all of what he did with an injured groin muscle. My man pulled a lap muscle and was like, I don't even need it. Pat, you Pat know, Mahomes, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes is doing hook shots for touchdowns. He ain't better than Michael Parsons. But my bad, Corey, go ahead. Now, I was going to say just one thing. So, like, there was only, to me, one thing missing. From I don't even want to say his game, but there was one moment missing from his young career that I had been waiting to see that he finally did on Sunday. And that was to close a game out. Like, we've seen Michael Parsons do amazing things in his season, barely season and a half that he's been in the NFL. But Sunday was the first time to my recollection where not only did he take over the game, but on that last possession, he ended the game. Yeah. Like, that was that. I can't recall the last time where he said, okay, yeah, he's awesome, he's great, but, like, when, when, when it matters most, like, when you really need that guy to step up and end it, like, we hadn't seen that out of him yet until Sunday. Yeah. That, to me, like... To me, whatever questions you might, and I get it, now, you, like some people might have their personal preferences, and I, and I respect it. I'm not, you know, but that to me, that officially ended like, okay, either he's the, the best defender in the NFL or he's 1A, 1B, because I can't say anybody is definitively better than him. I can say that he is definitively better than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that. But like, like I, you, I, I agree with you with what you said. I'm, I, I want everybody to know I'm not disagreeing with Corey. I cannot definitively say that anybody is better than him. I can definitively say that he is better than everybody else. Every single person, it could be every single quarterback, Michael Parsons is better than them. Every single one. I do not care who it is. It, I honestly, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to play Kansas City. Put Pat Mahomes out there. Michael Parsons gonna get him too. Like, like he did last year too. He did. He got yo. You know. Yeah, that, that like, game was really good. Like, like, like Michael, Michael Parsons. 
Michael Parsons. I think right now, I and I'm I'm trying to be as obje- I know I'm a Cowboy fan, but I'm really trying to be as objective as possible. Michael Parsons right now is having a greater impact than Ray Lewis has ever had on Baltimore. And to me, and to me, to me, Ray Lewis is the greatest linebacker that I have ever seen. I said I I didn't say greater than Lawrence Taylor. I said greater the greatest that I've ever seen. Michael Parsons is the best linebacker. I this version he is the best linebacker I have ever seen in my life. That includes Ray Lewis. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen Ray Lewis do this type of shit. I ain't never seen it. I never, I ain't never seen defensive ends do the shit that he's doing. Michael Parsons is so great. Killer, you a coach. Michael Parsons is so mm-hmm. great. The Cowboys started out the season with a defensive scheme of a 4-3. The scheme has changed in the middle of the season. The Cowboys don't even run a 4-3 no more. They run a 4-2-5. Mm-hmm. That's how great they, – they have taken a linebacker off. Before, before the three linebackers that were starting was Anthony Barr, Michael Parsons, and LVE. They now rotate LVE and Anthony Barr. They rotate them. We got five, Which is why they're looking to trade LVE. We, we got five DBs starting. Because of Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons is Michael Parsons is also lining up in eight different slots against the Rams. He lined up as the right end. He lined up as the left end. He lined up in both uh, both nose tackle spots. He lined up in the middle. He lined up on the strong side. He lined up on the weak side. Like who? Like this? He's a transformer. Like yo. Mm-hmm. Yo. He's what he's what we call a dog. Like I got this one kid on my team named Tevin, and he plays just like that dude. Like, Put him at middle linebacker, and he just eats sideline so, sideline. Just gets there. So I'm a, I, I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna just ask you again. I know your boy not playing right now, so maybe this is an mm-hmm. unfair question. But are are you sure that you would take T.J. Watt over Michael Parsons? Only because I know what the Steelers do defensively, and it's never really been about our linebackers for the most part. <sighs> I would probably take Micah at this point. Mike, so, yeah. Bro, Mike, he did that on a pull groin. A pull groin. A pool, yeah. A pull groin. <laughs> A pull, and I don't even. It was crazy. I don't even. I don't even know if TJ Watt gonna come back the same way because it's the third time he's torn that pec. He can't. He Michael Parsons did this on a pull growing. Do you know how painful that is? Not how painful that is. He said, "Damn the pain." I fuck the pain. I'm about to pull up the box score. Hold on, hold on. I'm about to pull up pull up the box score. Um, Just to okay. let your listeners know, Mike has never been this excited about a Cowboys player since sure I don't even know. Mm. Sure I was about to say Tashar Choice, I, but that's I, I, a little funny. Nah, bro, that's hilarious. He hates Tashar <laughs> Choice, but <laughs> I, I, want you, I want y'all, I want y'all to understand. Michael Parsons here. Michael Parsons got Stafford. Got, got Michael Parsons got Stafford twice. And got three QB hits on Stafford, and 
forced the fumble all on the pool growing. So he got Stafford twice. He got Tom Brady twice. How many times did he get Joe Burrow? Hold on, I ain't done. How many times did he get Joe Burrow? Three, I think. It was something ridiculous. Um, let me. I, I gotta go. I, how many times did he get Joe Burrow box score? Um, twice. He got Joe Burrow twice. That's already six sacks on three quarterbacks. It's already six. How many times did he get? Um, what's his face? Daniel Jones. He. I don't know if he got a sack against the Giants. No, he didn't. Yeah, I don't think he got a sack against the Giants. That Giants O-line was playing surprisingly good football. Yeah, so he didn't get a sack against the Giants. Okay. They Giants had three did. people on him at one point, too. Um, how many sacks did he get against Wentz? I know he tore Wentz up. Um, so he didn't get any sacks against Wentz, but he got pressures and hits. Um, yeah, so he we in... So what we we four and one in five games he got six sacks averaging or averaging over a sack a game, um. But it's not just about the sacks like it's it's the amount of times that he getting home like Demarcus Lawrence getting his sacks is cause of Parsons, um Osa Adigizua being able to penetrate the middle is cause of Parsons like, like, yo. It, this this man, I'm telling you right now, the way he playing right now, I ain't never seen nobody ever do this, ever. Damn. Never seen it. This man is the other side of the coin where Orlando Scandrick is for him. Like he can go off on Orlando Scandrick the same way he can gush over this man. There's your balance, Corey. No, 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 yeah. no. See, see, Orlando Scandrick ain't even the cornerback that I hate the most. The Corey, Corey, who's the cornerback that I hate the most that 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 plays for the Cowboys? Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. <laughs> Anthony Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, he did not ask me that question. I already knew the answer, but Anthony Brown. I remember hearing a lot of rants when we were in undergrad about Orlando Scandrick. Yeah, yeah, but you were do you remember hearing a lot of rants as adults about Anthony Brown? <laughs> I would take Skandrick over Anthony Brown any day. Oh damn. Any day. But oh, damn. I just I didn't want to I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop you what you was doing, killer. I just wanted to point that out because I wasn't gonna let you get away with it. I also I also said this last week. I'm gonna say it again. The NFC East is the best division in football. I'm not trying to hear about NFC least or none of that shit. I done heard that shit for three years. NFC East is the best division in football. Like I said, you got a 5-0 team, and you got two 4-1 teams. In that game against Philly, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm Dallas is winning it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm picking Philly to win, honestly. I'm picking Dallas. I'm looking at opponents played. Philly's had the easier run oh, of it. Oh, Philly has it. Philly's not proven. Philly hasn't. I think, I think Philly is pretenders. But the reason why I'm picking Philly to win, though, is because this game is on primetime. And we all know the Cowboys don't do they do not win on primetime. As long as Dak don't play, you got a chance. No, no, <laughs> not because it's not as much pressure on a on a quarterback who doesn't necessarily get that kind of notoriety on that. I, I, will I, roll, I, I roll it. I will I will say this though. I will say this though. As a matter of fact, I think that's a good idea. We should do picks. But I will say this though. The Cowboys have played the Cowboys have played um 
they have played and beaten both Super Bowl teams from last year. They have played and beaten the Giants. And people can say, oh, they're the Giants. Hey, the Giants four and one. The Giants, the Giants right now are a playoff team. You know what I'm saying? Um mm-hmm. the only team that we that we lost to was Tampa Bay. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, and quite yeah, yeah, and quite frankly, in that Tampa Bay game, everybody trying to feel themselves out. CD is was CD CD was that his first game as a number one. We had a brand new, a brand new uh left tackle, a brand new left guard. Um a brand new left tackle, a brand new left guard. We still we got we had the same center from last year, and obviously Zach Martin. But then Terrence still gave up four holding calls. So like, and we and and we didn't get blown out by Tampa. You know what I'm saying? So so, I, you know I think I I think Dallas is more proven than Philly. However, it's prime time. I'm not I'm not taking I'm not taking not taking the Cowboys in prime. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. And I think the bulk of that is I also don't really like Philly in prime time either. Uh, only time they were really all that good in prime time was when they had Deshaun Jackson. That's because he was prime time. Um, and on top of that, most of that prime, most of that prime time games were divisional games anyway. So what, what I will, take it what, what I will, you want. What I will say about that about that game is this. Um, Cowboys got their hands full. Cowboys O line got their hands full because not only do they got Fletcher Fletcher Cox, but they got Jordan Davis, um, and they got Darius Slay on the outside, who's gonna be hawking CD Lamb. CD Lamb better not drop nothing because Darius Slay gonna be right there. Um, so that's gonna be tough offensively for us, but for the Eagles offensively, they have not dealt with anybody like Parsons, and they ain't dealt with any defense. Like the Cowboys might have had the best defense in the league, and San Francisco and Buffalo pretty damn good defensively too. Mm-hmm. Cowboys defense might be better than them. The Philly has not faced any tough defenses. So nah, I mean when you got a chance to run your offense against Detroit, then it is what it is. And Detroit almost beat them. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corey, what you what you think though about the about the Eagles uh, Cowboy game? I'm leaning slightly to I'm leaning slightly to the Eagles just because where the game is. And although we've seen Cooper Rush go to Minnesota and beat the Vikings in Minnesota, which Minnesota is no slouch to play in either. But I think I think this game is going to be uglier than people think it's going to be because you're right. Philly hasn't seen a defense like like ours this season yet. And I think our defense is going to cause some problems for Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't know if Cooper Rush is going to be able to capitalize on like any of the gifts our defense gives him. Well, Cooper Rush in the offense, like. CeeDee Lamb, like you said, CeeDee Lamb, he's got to be on his A game. Um, I think Michael Gallup's going to have a nice game, though. I really think he's going to have a nice game. Our run game is probably going to have to be our anchor this game. I like, but the, way I think, I like the way the run game's been going. Yeah, I think, I, I think 
that one-two punch we have, I think that has to be if if we're gonna if we're gonna do any significant damage on offense, the run game it has to be the catalyst. I think this game, um, if we have a good day running, I think we have a very good chance of winning. The thing the thing that's different about this, and I know I've been very pessimistic about so this very, Cowboys team. And you know I have too. The one thing about this team, unlike previous seasons, where I've been optimistic, the one thing that's different is. I feel so confident going up against anybody anywhere because of that defense. Like I don't fear anybody. Like before when we had an explosive offense, I would I would still be kind of uneasy because I know we could score, but we could just as easily get scored on. This defense gives me the confidence. Like I don't care. Like you said, Kansas City, Buffalo, I don't care. Bring them. Like this defense, it gives me confidence to make me feel like we can go toe to toe with anybody. So that's different. That's the one thing that's different about this team. So like it wouldn't shock me if we beat Philly. It wouldn't shock me at all. And plus it's a division game, so that can go either way. But just because the game is at Philly, um, I could see a scenario where Jalen Hurts makes one impactful, borderline special play that might tip the favor to them. So that's all. Like I said, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be an ugly game, but I, I'll give I'll give Philly to win, maybe by like a field goal or something. That's just the way I'm feeling. So this is what I'm looking at, and this goes to Killer's point. This is what I'm looking at. Um, Detroit first game of the season, they won 38-35. That was Detroit. Now, like I like I always say, week one week one of the NFL is like March Madness. Like it's anything can happen. So that that is so it's possible that that could have been like you know just one of those weak win things with Detroit almost beating them right, but then look at the Jags. Jags barely lost to them, twenty nine to twenty one. The Cardinals, Cardinals almost beat them. They lost twenty to seventeen to Philly, right? So I'm like, Jaguars are not as good as Dallas, Arizona, right now is not as good as Dallas. And I say right now because D-Hop is coming back. We are one week away from D-Hop. Um, so, and, and so they aren't as good as Dallas, and they almost beat them. I'm, I, like, like, I'm picking Philly because, because I, I just think that there's a primetime curse. But I really, but I really believe the Cowboys can pull it off. Um, yeah, I, I I believe the Cowboys can pull it off. I'm just I've picked against them every game this year, and they have won every they have won every game this year except Tampa. So I'm gonna keep picking against them and hope it works. Um, <laughs> but Killer for you, because you're a coach with Jalen Hurts being able to run the way that he does. Parsons has to blitz. Now, he, I'm not saying he got to blitz every time. I'm saying he got to mm-hmm. blitz every time. But on the defensive plays that Parsons, Parsons is coming off the edge or he's blitzing, are you going to take one of those five DBs and are you going to spy Jalen Hurts if the coverage – like, like how – because the Eagles win whenever, when Jalen Hurts is able to get loose in running space. That's when the Eagles win. You know, like I know they got AJ Brown and I go I know they got Devontae Smith, but the Eagles be winning when 
they be running the ball with Sanders and with Hurts. My thing is Sanders. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty. I think our run defense can hold Sanders. How are we going to stop Hurts from running um, out of, out of the drop back? I believe you allow Hurts to do almost anything except use his legs, and how you take that away is by bringing the pressure, but maintaining your gaps. So, let's say you guys run a four-two-five. It's actually a perfect defense to run against them because you can send that other linebacker and you can have Parsons be your spy. So you can always send five and have Parsons spy because he's not going to beat Parsons to anywhere on the field. I don't give a damn where it is. He's not going to beat him there. And we all know Philly can be a little careless when it comes down to how they handle the football. They, they're they one of the top teams in the league in fumbles. They just recover a lot of their own, so it doesn't reflect in the stats. But they put that thing on the turf. I believe Dallas can force a few of those, especially if you're going to put the ball in the hands of somebody who has been prone to fumbling. So we're going to see how that goes. I do believe that Dallas has a, a, a really good shot to win this game. I, I picked them to win the division, so obviously I have them beating Philly. And I believed when the season started that Dallas had the better team for situations such as this. Situations such as this, I believe they have, they have the perfect team for it. You can have a very conservative offensive plan, which you guys have had since Dak's gone down which is what you need if you're going to be a team who leans on their defense because your offense doesn't even need to score a ton. They just have to move the ball a lot. That's all Dallas has to do to win is just move the ball a lot. I'm talking four or five-minute possessions. Shorten the game up. That's what's going to win Dallas's game. They got to run the ball at least 30 times to win this game. If you have Cooper Rush dropping back and he's 14 for 32, it's a wrap. But if you run that ball 30 times, you're successful, your line gets that push, which I believe outside of Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Jordan, Jordan Davis, Davis they, got I, they got two of I, them. I, I'm not 100% worried about that in the run fit because as far as interior linemen go, you can always run away from them. I mean, but on the outside, they still got Brandon Graham. Yeah. Now, that's one guy. So you can uh, you, you pick and choose your spots. You're going to have to run at Graham sometimes just to keep the middle of that line honest. So you're going to have to. I'll probably produce maybe some counters or something to give my guy a step on him or maybe even pull a guard or something. Um, there's just ways you're going to have to be a little bit funkier with the offense. But I do believe a more conservative approach is going to be what gets these guys a dub. That's just my take on that. Okay. All right. So you got you got Cowboys winning. Me and Corey got I got three. Cowboys by four. Okay. All right. All right, we can go, we can go to the last to the last topic, man. I know uh-huh. I, I know you was trying to get to it, you know what I'm saying, but I, I wanted to at yeah. least bring up, yeah, yeah, to bring that up because I mean we were gonna get to them. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Giants as well. I believe now they should be taken seriously, but um, that's beside the point. We're gonna see if they prove it this week. 
as well. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of someone who should have um, proven something, Jordan Poole needs to prove to himself that he is not just going to be a goddamn pin cushion for Draymond Green. Y'all saw the video, right? I know you saw it. Hell yeah, yeah I saw it. Bro, I ain't yep. seen nobody get lean like that since the Malice in the Palace as far as basketball go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen some funny shit in my time. And I'm a and I'll be honest with you, when I saw the push, I was like, you about to get your ass eight. Because I first watched it in slow motion. Like I I did that deliberately. I was like, nah, I wanna break this shit down. I treated that bitch like game tape. I was like, nah, I'm breaking this punch down. So you can tell, like, when Draymond's walking up, some shit being said to him. Like, you, you can tell. Because, you know, Draymond, he's a hard ass. You know, he's going he's gonna to dig in your shit. That's his role on the team. And, of course, you know, Jordan Poole just caught that, was it, $50 million deal or some shit? So, you know, he he, he living high on his ass right now. He He's he loving life. Uh, Draymond, yeah, and Draymond looking for the bag, and I'm not too sure if Golden State's gonna be in such a rush to give it to him. So that heat's already there, and from what we know, he says some slick shit about it. And yeah, you talk about my money, I'm gonna lean your shit like that. Like if you taking, if you making it that personal, like bro, I, I'm definitely more important to this team than you are, or probably will ever will be. Learn your place and get leaned. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Draymond should serve any bit of a suspension or anything like that. Jordan Poole invited his jaw getting snatched the minute he put a fingertip on Draymond Green. Anybody that ugly is willing to fight anybody at any given moment. He don't really need reasons. But you supplied him with a very valid one. Like, he hit him like his mama gave him permission to do that shit. Like, the lean was amazing. Like, did you see, like, how, how textbook the punch was? Like, it won't even, like, a hood jab where you kind of, like, roll your fist up twice. And he just, mean didn't even hesitate. Like, he hit that man with all the black Air Force energy he had bottled up from those series against the Clippers. Like, just 100% had that shit channeled. Which is storing energy like he was using the Pokemon move by it. Like, yeah, you touch me if you want to. I'm going to deal this at double. And he leaned his shit. I don't see memes on this man, Jordan Poole, and everything. Like, people, like, editing his face in 2K to make it make his eye all big and shit is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Corey, you seen it? You seen the video? Yep. Hey, man. Jordan Poole got knocked the fuck out. (laughs) You know, the thing is, like, to me, I guess for me, when I saw it, it was like, okay, like, I understand, like, it's practice, like, fights happen, you know. To me, the bigger issue is who leaked the video? Like, who leaked the video to TMZ? Like, to that, to me, like, that's, like, the the biggest thing that's for the, me. That, that is the biggest issue, I would agree. Yeah, that's one that, of the... The person was one of those people who makes the same amount of money as the person that Devontae Adams pushed. That's who leaked it. 
Man, because I'm, I'm like, I mean, you, you know, like you avoid fights whenever you can. But I mean, like it's, it's sports, it's practice. We've all seen it. We've all been around it. We may have even been in it. So like to me, like that wasn't like the, the, the heart of the matter for me. The heart of the matter was, yo, who leaked the video? Like, why is that out? Mm-hmm. It's and like why is that out? You know what I'm saying? And so like for me, it's like no, I wouldn't suspend Draymond. Obviously, you talk about it, you 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 hash it out, and obviously, you know, I, I believe Draymond's apology and whatnot, you know. But to me, it's like yo, who released the video? And why did you? Well, I mean, I kind of I, I I know why. That's a dumb. I know why. But I'm just like, dang, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that to me, that's the mm-hmm. biggest. That's my biggest takeaway. So like. Like I said, for me, like yo, to, to me, it's not it's not that big of a deal to me. Like these things happen, you know. Brothers fight, teammates fight, you know. That that no, that doesn't matter. I'm just like yo, whoever leaked that video, bro, you you gotta go. You 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 got to go. That's that's just where I'm at with it. Hmm. Try me. This fight. Oh, it wasn't even a fight. It wasn't even a fight. <laughs> ming, this, ming. <laughs> this, uh, this damn video, this TKO, has made me earn a whole lot more respect for Draymond Green. I got a whole, I got a, I, I I'm not going to say that, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go as far as saying that I'm not going to make fun of him anymore. But I will say that now, when I make fun of Draymond Green, it's going to actually be out of fun. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to be making fun, I'm not going to be making fun out of Draymond Green the way that I be doing Kevin Durant, where I'm making fun of him, but like I really mean it. Like nah, now when I start talking about Draymond Green, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put some respect on that man name, not because I think he gonna knock me out. <laughs> but because honestly, I didn't think Draymond Green had that in him. Like usually, it's always like the loudest dudes who be like the softest dudes. Like like it'd be the loudest ones who don't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so like and so like I always got the feeling that like Draymond was like fake with his personality. Like he just loud. Like he just loud, and obnoxious. But like. He he ain't, he ain't about to get down like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but now, like, oh, he proved me the hell wrong. I, I you know what? I'm gonna shut the fuck up about Draymond Green because because my only gripe about him was that he he's all talk. Like he talks like he's a superstar in the league. Uh, he talks like he's better than he actually is. That's been like my my gripe about Draymond Green. Well, he just showed me that he ain't scared. He ain't scared to get into it. Like now, on the flip side, is Jordan Poole. I mean, Jordan Poole probably wasn't gonna end in a fight anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that hmm. that's. In in a weird way, in a weird way, I have gained more respect for Draymond Green. Now, having said that, he was wrong for hitting for hitting Jordan Poole. Oh yeah, he he was wrong. He was 
uh, he was. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Let me think about that. Was he wrong for hitting for hitting Jordan? Because Jordan Poole put hands on him first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm gonna retract. Let me retract that statement. Draymond Green was not necessarily wrong hitting Jordan Poole. However, if it was me. And I know that we got to play together and be on the same team. We going to handle this shit in the locker room and not on the floor. Like, while we on the floor, we going to practice. You're going to be talking this, you're going to be talking this cash shit. You get in the locker room. Oh, we going to have some issues. We'll settle it in the locker room. It's almost like, and I hate to bring it back to the Cowboys, but Corey, you remember when mm. Joseph Randall, you remember when Joseph Randall was our starting running back and Joseph Randall got into it with Dez Bryant in the locker room and Jason Witten yelled in the middle of the locker room to, at Joseph Randall. He told him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. You remember hearing that story? Yeah. Yeah. You ain't seen no video because it was in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if if it was me, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have knocked Jordan Poole out on the court. Instead, get to the locker room. You really about to? I'm gonna dare you to tell me how you feel to my face right here with me breathing down your neck. That that's just what I'm gonna do. Um. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, I think Draymond should have handled it differently just because he's older, he's made his money. Um, they still have to play this season together. Steve Kerr said Draymond joining the team again on Thursday. So you gotta so it makes you kind of wonder like, how's the interaction gonna be for the rest of the season with those two? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if it was me, if it was if I was Draymond, I would have handled it differently. However, I will not say that I blame him. I don't blame him. Jordan Poole should have not put hands on. Hey, don't write checks your ass can't cash. Don't do that. Like you know what I'm saying. So, but I do think Draymond Green needs to be held accountable for his actions. So, that. yeah, yeah, I say yeah, he does need to be held accountable. On that note. But I believe if the suspension is because the NBA is longer, suspension to me is longer than five games. I'm calling cap on the entire situation. No, nah, he's not getting suspended. Yeah, he's getting he's just getting a fine, but he's not getting suspended. Um, hey, I got a I got a game for y'all. This not is he a Hall of Famer? It should be okay. It it it'll probably be about the same amount of time, about five or ten minutes. Corey, you there? Yep. All right. This game, I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you two players, and you tell me which one you would rather have. But you have to defend your argument. I'm going okay. to so so. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the judge. If I'm gonna be the judge, I'll put it like this: I'll be the deciding factor if the two of you disagree. 
right. So, who would you rather have? And the reason why I'm picking these two players is because I was accused of being crazy. Who would you rather have? Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss. Give me Calvin. All right, Corey, who who would you have Calvin rather have Calvin Johnson or Randy Moss? <clears throat> I I'm not talking about antics either. So like suspensions don't count. Like like their person like like cancers in the locker room don't count. I'm talking about talent on talent. Would you rather have? Man, I have to go Calvin just okay. because. Oh, okay. You, no, no, no. I was gonna say. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say like if you're taking like suspensions and all that stuff, I'll take like because I'm thinking real hard about Randy Moss, but then I also remember his time in Oakland before he got to New England where mm-hmm. he kind of like tapped the brakes on himself and he, he wasn't he didn't play up to the level his effort level wasn't what it, was it should have been and I feel like I wouldn't have to worry about that with Calvin Johnson I feel like Calvin Johnson's gonna play hard every Sunday okay okay that's that's great yeah. now so Calvin Johnson has moved to the next round Randy Moss's state is eliminated now, who would you rather have, Calvin Johnson or Terrell Owens? See, this is so weird because I love T.O. You know what? Even though he drops the ball more than most people do in conversation, I'm going to go T.O. This is also a tough one. So, uh, so, Killer, you you have just admitted, whether you know it or not, you have just admitted that Terrell Owens is a is a greater receiver than Randy. I know. I feel that way. Okay, okay. I feel that way also. I, I'm just making sure you know. Yeah, I feel that way. And I, I got plenty of reasons for it because, like I said, speaking as a coach, player, the entire nine, you can do more with T.O.'s talents than you can with Randy Moss. Oh, oh yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get to the defenses real quick. I'm gonna let Corey. I'm gonna let Corey go ahead. Man, I love T.O. Also, I might have to go Calvin just because that dude is just a freak of nature. All right, and now and now we have a disagreement. So go ahead, y'all defend y'all y'all defend y'all arguments. Killer, it's on you. Okay. With Terrell Owens as a defensive coach, offense breaks the huddle. You have no idea where he's going to line up. He could line up tight. He could line up out wide left, wide right, in that Y or the Z position. There's no telling where he's going to be. With Randy Moss, he's going to be in one of two goddamn on places. Wide left, Wide right. And from those two positions on the field, the route tree is about as thick as a Dr. Seuss book with two pages ripped out of it. 
you already know what's coming. It's either going to be a streak, a comeback, or a deep-ass post. That is all. And on top of that, T.O. will block. T.O. will play when not healthy. T.O. will sacrifice for the betterment of the team. You can't coach that kind of dedication. You can't coach that kind of dog. Randy Moss is known for taking plays off. I can never rock with a player like that. Now, I know we're going against Calvin Johnson here, but it's something that T.O. can do that Calvin couldn't. T.O. made bad teams good. He made bad teams good. Those San Francisco teams were not talented. He forced them into the playoffs. He made Jeff Garcia look competent. Fair point. And I remember Jeff Garcia from my own damn division. Man was cheeks. But I am done. T.O. for the win. All right, Corey, why would you take Calvin Johnson? I have to take Calvin simply because you can know exactly where he's going to line up, and he's still going to kill you. He's still going to wreck your defense. And I watched that firsthand, and he put up 300-some receiving yards against us. Like, the thing about with T.O., and I know, Mike, you said no off the field, no antics, but, like, it's hard to not incorporate some of his, um, let's say, post-game stuff, not antics, but his comments that divided locker rooms. Like, it's 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 hard not to include. Like, it's hard to say I'm not going to get that if I'm getting T.O. Like, his talent is off the chart. I'm not, I'm not discounting the talent. I'm just saying it's hard not to mention that when that's been a part of his career everywhere he's been. And so for me, just based off that, I have to default to to Megatron. I, I just think that dude was unlike anything we've seen at the wide receiver position, and I know he's going to be a great teammate too. So, okay. So, Killer, you took T.O. So now we get to the last level. T.O. or Jerry Rice. Killer talking, you on mute. Yeah, my bad. This is going to sound sacrilegious. Give me Terrell Owens. So you are so you are actively saying Terrell Owens is the greatest receiver of all time? Yes. I will take that one. This will be good. Corey. You chose Calvin Johnson. Are you taking Calvin Johnson or Jerry Rice? Oh, man. I um, I have to take Jerry Rice just for the standpoint. Jerry Rice played in an era where the running back meant more than the wide receiver. And Jerry Rice put up ridiculous numbers. He... He's not the athlete that T.O. or um, Calvin Johnson are. 
but longevity always there you you know you you know you can count on him every single sunday and again he played in an era where the running back was more important was more valued and he still racked up so many impressive numbers it just makes me think what would happen if jerry rice played in the to calvin johnson era let me ask you a question who was jerry rice's running back uh what was his name 33 roger craig when did roger craig yeah two of them i know roger craig was on 33 who was the other ricky waters ricky Ricky waters Waters. ricky waters that's right yeah All right, Kelly, your turn. All right. Looking at what Terrell Owens was able to do. Terrell Owens had one thing that I could honestly say Jerry Rice was spoiled by. He never not had a Hall of Fame QB. Or at least a high-end one. He always had a high-end QB. Even toward the the butthole of his career in Oakland. Rich Gannon was more than serviceable. I want to say Rich Gannon won MVP one of those years. But that, what T.O. was able to do with quarterbacks, he had, he started off with Steve Young, but that was not the same Steve Young that beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl. This was a Steve Young that couldn't touch what Green Bay was putting on the field. What T.O. was able to do, he effectively made them move off of Jerry Rice. He made the 49ers, the team that Jerry basically built, made them wave bye-bye to him. When you can not just force not just force a legend to retire, but force the team to put him out, you that do. Now granted, did he force his way out of San Francisco at some time? Yes. He got to Philly, he made Donovan McNabb look better than he ever did. Like had he played with him a little longer, he might be a Hall of Famer. He played with him two more years. He'd be a Hall of Famer right now. Because he played with Romo and he'll Romo inflate his numbers, he's a fringe Hall of Famer. This man made careers. The quarterbacks were already there when, um, when Jerry Rice got there. Montana was already there. So he never not played with a top flight QB. Not once. This man T.O. made his quarterbacks elite. And not to mention, he went to Cincy and was basically washed up and still almost put up, I think he put up over a 1,000 yards there too. And the only reason why he even didn't make it in the NFL no more, it had nothing to do with his productivity. It had everything to do with his mouth. So you extend his career by those same years and you just average out the on average decline for a wide receiver, he would have finished off as the best receiver of all time due to the numbers. He was on pace. 
and never had an all-time great thrown on the pill, like an IE Randy Moss or IE Jerry Rice. He did it with mediocre quarterbacks at best. Or middle-ranged quarterbacks at best. Point stands. T.O. Greatest receiver of all time, T.O. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So, this is where I'm at with it. I don't heard y'all points. This is where I'm at with it. So, and I want to make sure I get this right. Okay. So, for you, Killer, T.O. is number one. Jerry Rice is number two. Megatron is number three. Moss is number four. Sound about right? Yeah. And then number five, I got Fitz. Not mad at Fitz. I, I put Fitz in number five. Corey, for you, you said number one is Jerry Rice. Number two is Calvin Johnson. Number three is T.O. Number four is Randy Moss. Yep. And you and you good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. I'm here to tell y'all both right now. This is just, of course, this is just my opinion. I'm here, I'm here to tell y'all both right now, though. Calvin Johnson is the greatest receiver ever. 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 I'm taking Calvin Johnson over Fitz. I'm taking Calvin Johnson over Randy Moss. I'm taking Calvin Johnson over T.O. I'm taking Calvin Johnson over Jerry Rice. My personal ranking is Calvin Johnson, Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and then Fitz. I'm going to tell you why. Calvin Johnson was unstoppable. Period. I, that, that, that is my defense. He was unstoppable. Whatever Jerry Rice did, Calvin Johnson could do. Whatever T.O. did, Calvin Johnson could do. Whatever Randy Moss did, Calvin Johnson could do. Whatever Fitz did, Calvin Johnson could do. You take the five greatest receivers, and if there's one person who can do everything that they that those other four can do, he's the best. He's the best receiver of all time. Like if you gave Steve Young in Montana Calvin Johnson instead of Jerry Rice, I think their numbers would be even further inflated. If you gave you no, know, Killer, you brought up the whole good team, good team, bad team thing with with uh with um. Oh no, Corey, who who bought, which one of y'all brought up the whole Jerry Rice made a good team bad? I mean, made a, a bad team good. That was me talking about on um, T.O. Oh, that was you talking about T.O. Right, right, right. Boom. Um, if T.O. played for the Lions, they would not have been. It still wouldn't have been good. Like. T.O. didn't did a lot. Of, he didn't did a lot of stuff, but he he wouldn't have even been able to cure Detroit. Um, I at least I don't believe I don't believe he. Um, I'm not mad at Jaws top. Is that Jaws at Jaws top five though? The reason why I brought this up is because I was having a conversation with one of my shout out to my shout out to my boy L. You know he he. My my that's that's like that's my guy that's like that's like one of my right hand men. I'm saying um 
been knowing him since I was 11. Like, best friend, all that, right? Um, so, he said that he would take Moss, Calvin Johnson. And I almost and I I I have a I have a huge problem I have a huge problem with that. Like Randy like Randy Moss has a type of catch named after him. This is true. Randy Moss, he was only good one way. He could only mm-hmm. do one thing. Mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson coming across the middle, like T.O. Calvin Johnson is catching the ball more than T.O. Calvin Johnson is catching the ball like Moss. He's running across the middle like T.O. And he running up the seams. He running up the seams on a slant route like Jerry Rice. Like, and the man is six foot eight. I thought Calvin was more like six three. Calvin Johnson? Let me check his height. I don't think he was six eight. Cal- He's like Calvin- six five. Calvin Calvin Johnson, I'll give you exact I'll give you exact height, six five. Exact height is six five. Okay. Six five, two thirty seven. Cal Calvin Johnson Calvin Calvin Johnson. To me, yeah, th- those things alone make him the the greatest wide receiver ever. I have seen Calvin Johnson personally come to come to um 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 Dallas and literally Moss, which is ironic that I'm calling it Moss, but I've literally seen him catch the ball over three Cowboys defenders, three of them. Just rose, just rose up in the back of the end zone. Damn. What's wild is that I can actually see those plays happening again, and they were special. But I just I, hate that it never translated to wins. I hate that that was the case. Yeah, I, I look. I hate that too. I hate that too. But I'm gonna tell you though, I am. I am so happy, so so happy that y'all did not say Randy Moss was the greatest receiver. Cause I love Randy Moss. Like I, I, I like him better. I like him better as a commentator. But like Randy, mm-hmm. Ran, Randy Moss, Randy Moss was hit or miss as far as like type of person he is. He was hit or miss when he was a player with me. Um, but to me, Randy Moss is just a little overrated. Randy Moss and Carmelo Anthony are pretty much the same guy. You know what you're going to get when you got him. And you're only going to really get that. Like, yeah. Um, I got I got another one for y'all. And this one isn't going to take as long, I promise y'all. And then we can get it. We can get off. So, who would you put in the Hall of Fame first? Mike Vick or Devin Hester? You said first. Shit. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who would y'all put? Who, if y'all could only put one person, one of these two people in the Hall of Fame, who would y'all put in the Hall of Fame? 
Vic or Devin Hester? I'd have to go Devin Hester. He has a Super Bowl moment, but I gotta go Vic. I go, I go Vic. Hester's the I gotta, greatest. I gotta go Vic. Returner ever. The right. greatest returner but, ever. But Hester, Hester is not the greatest at any position. He's not even great at a position. Mm. Doesn't position, have to be. He's a but see. He's a he was a game changer at the no, punt return. He, he was. He was. He was a game changer at the punt return. At the punt returner. But Devin Hester has what? What is it? Nineteen career returns for touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen career returns. I think it's nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Nineteen career returns. How many kickoffs did he take? The ratio on that is not high. I understand that he was that he's the greatest returner, but the bar is set low for returners. It's almost it's almost like baseball. Baseball is not a sport of success. It's a it's a failure sport. Baseball. If you average if you average a three hundred. That means 30% of the time you're getting a base hit. Every other time you're getting out. 30% of the time you're getting at least a base hit. That puts you in the Hall of Fame. It's the same thing for receivers. I mean, it's the same thing for um kick returners. It's a fail, it's a fail sport. Like, like, yeah, Devin Hester is the greatest returner, but he only got 19 touchdowns. He got five. Five and those five on kick return, fourteen on punt, and he does have some receiving TDs that weren't counted toward that total. I believe it's sixteen in total for the receiving TDs. Yeah, the, yeah. rushing was he ain't, he one. Ain't no, yeah, he ain't no receiver. We ain't even counting no damn receiver. But yeah, okay, he had so, one good year. So he has. So he has. He has fourteen punt returns, five kick returns. How many kick returns would y'all estimate that Devin Hester has taken in his career? I would say like I, I would say something like 105. He's had 105 kick returns. And you would be cutting him short by a lot. How many kick returns has he had? 295. So in two so 290 of those kick returns were regular ass kick returns. Like they were not returned for touchdowns. Only five of them was. How many punt returns does he have? 315. 315 punt returns total. 14 of them went for a touchdown. So when you say he's the greatest returner ever, I agree with you. However, look at the percentage. Look, look at the rate that he was returning kicks. Like it's a fail sport. Yeah, but that but that position it gave you a whole because now you have the game plan to kick away from that man too. Yes. Like not all those punts or kicks like they they you purposefully if you wanted the punt you had to kick away from number twenty three because yes. you know what he, and that and that's what I'm saying like that's impact like I understand what you're saying about how many went for touchdown I understand that but that man still put fear. And opposing teams is hard to kick away from 23 because we know what he can do. That's what I'm saying. But so did Mike Vick. Mike Vick was mm-hmm. the scariest dude on the football field for like five years straight. Like, five, like, like Mike Vick, Mike Vick, Mike, Mike Vick 
My, in a in in it's crazy to say this, but Mike Vick was scarier than Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, by leaps and bounds. When I watched Vick, now I grew up in North Carolina. Y'all both know this, listeners. Y'all know this by now as well. When before, how about this? Vick changed the defensive end position. For the rest of football, period. It changed because of him. You had to get your guy. You had to get a guy who was like Julius Peppers. You had to get a freak athlete and stick him at the end. Because there was no other way to contain Michael Vick. There was no way you were containing him. Yeah, we've seen quarterbacks who can move. Okay, McNabb, yeah, he can move. McNair, he can move. Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, they can move. Michael Vick was different. And I remember watching that at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Just keep in mind, he played against the Knowles for a national championship. And I watched that. I still go back and watch that game. It was him, Peter Warwick. I think Warwick was Warwick done. See, see, I think Warwick Dunn's in that game too. See, my thing, my thing with the with the comparison of these two, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, like I said, is because over the weekend I had conversations with uh, with some of my homeboys. Um, but the thing with these two is Devin Hester and Corey. Like, like I I get you, Devin Hester's the greatest return man ever. I do not disagree with that. But Devin Hester could return a kick. And you still win the game by a lot. Devin Hester wasn't like deciding games. Devin Hester didn't win you games. Devin Hester made exciting plays. But if Vic went off, oh, you had no shot. Like, like, like that D, like Atlanta DVD, dumb Vic Duckett. Yo, yo, if Mike Vic went off with his feet. You was not winning. It, it wasn't happening. Devin Hester could return one kick and you'll be fine. Like, like he returned yeah. a kick in a Super Bowl and they lost. Yeah, like, like, like he could return a kick and he could return a kick. Like, how many Super Bowls did Vic win? The same amount as Devin Hester. Yeah. Okay. So equal. So we're equal. So we can take that yeah, Super Bowl yeah, yeah. out of it. That don't even no, matter, yeah. right? No, I'm just saying as far no, no, as far I'm, as games that you can score like that and still lose. Yeah, but see, I, me, I'm not even talking about rings. I'm not talking about rings. I'm talking about impact. Devin Hester didn't change the culture of kick returns. Mike Vick literally changed how quarterbacks play. Quarter, quarterbacks right now are all a product of Mike Vick. That whole wanting quarterbacks to be mobile Mike Vick is like the reason that happened. And I know Mike Vick wasn't the first. Like there was like Randall Cunningham and Warren Moon, but they didn't set they didn't set the precedent for they didn't set the precedent for black for black quarterbacks and scrambling quarterbacks. That's all Mike Vick. Like his impact is just far greater. And so to me, I'm like, it's it's a no-brainer. Like Mike Vick put like he should go into the Hall of Fame way before Devin Hester. I'm not saying Devin Hester shouldn't. I'm just saying if Devin Hester don't get in, I mean, it, I ain't going to be mad. I just, I'd rather just give me the guy who was the greatest 
ever at what he did. I'm not, and I'm not taking away. I'm not or devaluing Mike Vick. I know his impact on the game. Don't get me wrong, but at their spots, I don't think there's anybody you would take ahead of Devin Hester in terms of what he did, what his job, what his role was. That's where I'm coming from. Like that dude. I mean, I I, I get. There were years where there were there were other guys I would take before him. There were years. It was like a three-year period where he was the second best. And uh, your boy who used to throw the X, Dante Hall. Dante Hall, that yeah. Yeah. Um, Dante Hall was the best returner in all of football for a three-year period before he tore his leg up. So, Dante Hall, how many, how many punt returns? You said Devin Hester had 14 punt returns, right? 14. Mm-hmm. For touchdown, 14. 14 for touchdowns. And Devin Hester had five kick returns, right? Yes. All right, Corey, Devin Hester wasn't even the greatest kick returner. He was the greatest punt returner. He wasn't even the greatest kick returner. But he was one of the greatest, right? Mike, 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 Mike Vick is not, is not the, the greatest scrambling quarterback ever? Are we serious? Are we serious? All the quarterbacks who play with with that scrambling, running past the line of scrimmage style, Mike Vick is not the greatest to do that. Come on, man. He's one of the greatest for sure. I I, I can't say the greatest. Now, definitely the most influential. I'll say that for sure. The like, most like influential. Dante Hall got six. TDs, six kick returns, touchdowns, got six. One more to Devin Hester. Now, Devin Hester got Dante Hall beating punt returns, but, I mean. Actually, Josh Cribbs was the best kick returner of all time. Hey, Josh Cribbs was not. Hey, Josh Cribbs was nice, yo. He has eight touchdowns in just six seasons played. And a hey, and, and Cordero Patterson, a hey, kick returning Cordero Patterson used to be a hey, he was that dude too before he got that. Atlanta. You know, I got Bro, another one. We... You guys may remember this. Brian Mitchell, the Eagles. Brian, Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell was there. Brian Mitchell was nice. I mean, when I think of a return man, Corey is right. I think of Devin Hester, a return mm-hmm. man. Yes, but, and Howard and Deion Sanders. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think of Dion as a return man. I, when I hear a return man, Corey, I, I do agree with Corey. I think, of, I think of Devin Hester. You know, my point is with Devin Hester, he ain't really, con- he's not really contributing to wins. Like he can do his thing, and it's not gonna make or break a game. With Mike Vick, Mike Vick is contributing to more wins, and Mike Vick was greater at not his position, but at his play style. Mike Vick was greater, more influential, and had um, had a uh, a greater impact on the game than Devin Hester. And because quarterbacks will have the greatest impact on most, and like from that standpoint, for sure, for sure. Right now, Devin Hester was the greatest at his position. What I'm saying is his position is watered down. 
like his position is bordered down. Now, if now it's it's almost like saying it's almost like saying it's almost like saying um the greatest. It's almost like saying the greatest lineman. It's almost like saying the greatest lineman. Uh, how can I put it? It's almost like saying the lineman with the best with the the lineman with the greatest hands ever is Kevin Mawai. Whoever the fuck, because they got the most interceptions. It's like, yeah, but lineman ain't getting interceptions. So, oh, you talking about that kind of lineman? You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Lee. <laughs> I was like, oh, greatest hands center Kevin Mawai. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? But it's like it's like it's a it's a watered it's a watered down thing. Or it's like saying, yeah, the the greatest punter is whoever the fuck because they got all of this hang time and it's like what is the dude who's the punt for the Vikings back in the day? Oh yeah. Um you know who I'm talking about? I know who he's talking Yeah. What is his name? I forgot but, his name. Like the half he has like half a foot or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he might be the best. But who? Huh? Huh? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, Corey does. That's all that matters. <laughs> hey, Ted Ginn Jr. was nice at returning too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, had he not gotten hurt, they would have beat Florida in that championship. And Tavon Austin was nice. He ain't in Devin Hester lane. Tavon Austin was pretty good at returning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, that that's I, I yeah I, I brought it up because I wanted to yeah I brought it up because I had that conversation over the weekend or whatever and I'm just like, yo I, I don't really feel like it should be I don't I don't feel like it should be a comparison like if I had to put one of like obvious Mike Vick like. Mike Vick was just feared, like, on a whole nother. Devin Hester was feared, like, all right, kick the ball away from him. If we kick it to him, he going to flip the field. But, you know, you can survive it. Like, like it ain't like something that's unbearable. Mike Vick, you had to contain that man. Like, you had to contain him. And, like, I wish, I wish Mike Vick ain't go to jail because – the way the way that he was worked, hey, the, what he was on track to do was amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, say I, just want, yeah. I just I just wanted to see I just wanted to see where y'all was at. Yeah, good discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I must I'm gonna start doing that, man. Bringing up two people, you know what I'm saying? Whether they Hall of Famers or not, bringing up two people that are comparable. Like, hey, which one would you rather take? I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, I think that'd be dope. All right, that's all I got. That's all I got, man. Uh, yeah, I was looking at that punter's name. I know it started with like an M. I want to say it's Morstead or some shit. Oh, it might be. Might be. I just remember him from like Mad Note too. <laughs> Having a powerful ass leg, and just kind of took me back when you talking about like greatest. Of all times at certain positions, and they did like certain things well. I'm just like, are we be forgetting about how much like these beast mode wide receivers, yeah, who were great returners in their own right? Steve Smith was a great returner, um, as well as Antonio Brown and his out there behind. 
Literally. That Mortal Kombat, that Mortal Kombat kick he had. That oh was, yeah, against the Browns. Yeah. Dude, I was like, oh, he about to score, and then he kicked him in the face mask all hard and shit. I was like, you know, I'll take that too. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. But guys, we want to thank y'all so, 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 so very much for spending your time with us. And before we go, a little bit of breaking news from the Warriors. This news dropped roughly about an hour ago. It says the Warriors will find Draymond Green for practice altercation. He will return to the team on Thursday. That came directly from Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. So it looks like we were all kind of correct on that. I had a feeling that if he would get suspended, it would have been for about four games or so. Nothing too detrimental, but it's to kind of prove a point. But I guess when you're Draymond Green and you're a fucking Hall of Famer, and you can throw Hall of Fame punches, you just falcon punch a teammate, you can do what the hell you want to do. I think Steve Curtis had flashbacks and was like, would I suspend the guy who punched me in the face like that? No. So, he kind of took it in stride. Jordan Poole, watch your mouth. But, like I said before, man, if y'all been rocking with us this long, we appreciate it. Love y'all so very much. This show's a little longer than usual, but I know for a fact it was entertaining. So before we completely say goodbye, any last words, gentlemen? Uh, I forgot to say this a couple weeks ago, but uh, rest in peace, Coolio. Uh, Big part of my, if you grew up in the 90s, Coolio was a big part of our uh, pop culture. So rest in peace to Coolio. Facts. Facts. Uh, My last words are, um, my last words are, Y'all want to feel old? Mike Vanderjack is 52 years old. Yo, that's a I, kick people forgot about. Hey, he was nice too until he got to Dallas. He, he screwed us over, but um, <laughs> but Mike Vanderjack is 52 years old. I remember when he was playing. So, uh, so yeah, that's man, so that's one thing. You yeah. may remember him getting him and um, Peyton Manning going at it on the sideline as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, when he screwed up. Second set of words, second departing words. Uh fuck you, Eddie Robinson Jr. Um, um and uh, no, nah, I'm not gonna say the school. I'm not gonna say the school. The school doesn't deserve out of the I don't deserve to say I'm not gonna say fuck you to the school because of they stupid ass coach. Um Alabama State, y'all deserve better. Um and no, they don't deserve better. They only won seven championships or some six championships or some shit since eighteen seventy four or whatever the hell you said earlier. Everybody, uh, everybody deserve a coach that's gonna respect Prime. All right, I, that on that note, yeah, yeah. But as far as it goes for her winning tradition, now nah, you get what the hell you get. My last set of departing words. Are to um, follow me on, I guess, Instagram and Twitter and all the stuff at Crazy Eight with a Q. Um, follow Off the Sticks on Twitter at underscore Off the Sticks underscore. Um, follow the Halftime Adjustment. Um. Corey, you got your Instagram account. 
I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but I so Instagram sort of one. I barely, I'm barely on there though. So, um, um, yeah, and uh, everybody try to you know be good people and not do something stupid. Yep. If there's any lesson we learned this week, keep your goddamn hands to yourself. <laughs> Um, I, I guess that's basically the lesson we learned this week. It, it has to be. Um, also, take accountability for your actions. Keep your hand. No way. I'm gonna talk to y'all the way I talk to Josiah, and the way I will talk to him when he gets a little bit older, because he's just two. Take accountability for your actions. Keep your hands to yourself. See what else do we have going on this week? Oh, NBA season starts in exactly seven days. Well, now it does, six, but. It does. Um, keep your hands to yourself. So we learned that from Devontae Adams. We learned that from um, Jordan Poole. Um, take accountability for your actions. Brett Favre. Shut the fuck up. Eddie Robinson. And know when to just say no. Roughing the passer. There are lessons for the week. If the ref, if the ref call roughing the pass on you, hit the ref. Let him know what roughing really is. He <laughs> said, "Lay the boom, the boom." But y'all, we definitely rock with y'all. If y'all rock with us this long, we love y'all so very much. And y'all gotta know this. Remember this from right now. Know it forever. That if Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer, so are you. We love y'all. We out you. See you. Peace.